Hello and welcome to Ghost Divers. This is an anime podcast on the Export Audio Network. I am your co-host Neve, and I'm uh, here with your your other co-host Connor. I I really got lost on this one, but <laughs> that's other right. co-host Connor. Yeah, that's that's how things have been going so far tonight. Uh, yeah, h- hello yeah. and welcome. I'm Connor. I'm gonna say my name this time just because we're completely already upside down. Yeah. Um. I'm not redoing this because it was still fine, but uh, yeah, we're covering chapters, <laughs> yeah, fifty through fifty-three of Nana, all published in volume fourteen. Um, do you have any preliminary stuff, or I, I feel like we can just get right into this one. Yeah, right. Me too. Yeah, uh, we're like in the midst of it now. So, mm-hmm. um, what you, you've been starting traditionally, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> traditionally, yes. <laughs> this is our. Uh, Tradition for this season. Uh, Okay, chapter 50. While waiting for a chance to see Blast outside a radio station, so the scene that we closed on last time, the real Uehara Misato encounters the president of the Blast fan club, Shion, who is rumored to be dating Yasu. The real Misato gives Shion a letter for Nana, which Shion delivers along with the other gifts for the band. Um, She's like gathered up a bunch of gifts and letters from the, the Blast groupies fans or whatever we want to call them uh meanwhile yeah. our misato now going by the name suzuki mai uh, applies for a position with blast agency shikai nana is surprised by the name uehara, uehara misato when she reads the real misato's letter uh yuri meanwhile runs off to avoid her contract uh also with shikai and Mew contacts Yasu about it, basically telling him, like, oh, this is her. This is Yuri's whole background. Um, this is her contract situation, etc. Um, we'll recap this as we go. Uh, we see the band, meaning Blast, uh, talking about their fans. And Shin and Nobu get potentially the wrong idea about Yasu when they see Shion visit his room in the hotel. Uh, and in the final pages, we also learn somewhat abruptly that Takumi is, in fact, cheating on Hachi. Then, chapter 51, uh, Miu and Mai meet as Mai moves into the dorms as Blast's new assistant. Ren and Reira head out on a drive to their old ho- hometown and attract the attention of Search. Yuri surprises Nobu by getting a room at the hotel Blast is staying at, but before Nobu goes to see her, uh, Yasu basically stops him, pulls him aside, and is like, I didn't know you were in contact with Yuri because she's been missing. Here's the whole situation. Let me explain all of this. Um, and there's obviously more to that conversation beyond just the facts, but we'll get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, Ren and Reira arrive at the Wavebreaker, where Ren and Nana first started dating. I'm pretty sure this is, like, the site. Um, and while there, Ren expresses his fears to Reira about his possessiveness with Nana. Basically, like, you know, we've gotten a little bit of, I'm a, you know, what if I really kill you someday? And it's like going more into that feeling mm-hmm. that he has. Um, probably the most interior- interiority we've gotten from Ren thus far. Um, and while this is happening, uh, the, I feel bad for forgetting his name when I was writing. I think it's Karada. Yeah. Karada, I think. Um, the, the photographer, uh, gets some photos of them together, um, on that wave breaker. Chapter 52. 
In a flashback, we see when Yasu and Reira started dating, and also get a glimpse of young Shion as Reira reminisces in Ren's old apartment while Ren sleeps. Takumi and Hachi talk, and Hachi finds a new way of thinking about Takumi. Um, it's I would say it's kind of like an evolution of her uh, prior thinking, um, like her convictions about pursuing this relationship and her way of like, yeah, and then subordinately like her way of seeing him. Um, but there's a significant development. Uh, Nobu goes to see Yuri and eventually convinces her to go back and complete her contract, despite his own discomfort around her sex work. Yasu has Miu drive. Uh, well, I think so. Yasu calls Miu and is like, can you fly down here and get Yuri? Um, and also have breakfast with me before you get her and leave. Um, and, uh, so they do, they have breakfast together, uh, and they talk, they're basically flirting. (laughs) Um, and Yasu is talking about how it feels odd that, uh, because breakfast should be the end of a long day, not the beginning of a new one. Um, and we see this is kind of tying into, um, the conversation that we see him have, the flashback with Reira, where he's talking about doing all nighters and stuff. Um, yeah, where Yasu is often like not sleeping, doing all nighters, and so breakfast has this different feeling for him. Uh, but also, there's the suggestion of like normally you spend the night together with someone and have breakfast, and then you go about your day not like. You, the first time you see somebody is you have breakfast. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. And that that's also like definitely the more uh, obvious meaning. Yeah. Like, yeah, the more intentional meaning um, that Yasu is driving out there. Yeah. Uh, we then see the rest of the flashback of Rira and Yasu, which I alluded to, um, when they first like began to date and uh, had their first kiss and everything. Yeah. Uh, chapter 53, Nana finally decides to get assistance with her official address so that they can complete the marriage license. Oh, we may have missed um, one important detail leading up to this. So, um, well, so one of the other things is Nana's been developing a drinking problem, but I didn't know where to fit it in because it's kind of just like put throughout this. Well, the thing I was um, going to say is Nana shows up like when Reira or when Yasu and Miu are having breakfast, Nana shows up oh, and yeah. sees them together and like has seemingly a very bad reaction. Uh, yeah. Leading directly into the first sentence that you just read. Yeah. Um, that, that is like part of the previous chapter, I believe. Yeah. That's uh, the end of 52. It's her yeah. like seeing them together. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, then Mew heads home with Yuri, uh, while Ren and Reira fly back to Tokyo, uh, cause there's not enough time to drive back. Um, someone will figure out the car, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're a celebrity. You can have someone go pick it up for you. Um, and uh blast sets off continuing on their press tour uh there's some like various conversations in here that i'm sure we'll get into a bit but um then uh misato uh our misato um 
I just like mixed the, the both names here, but you know, my Misato, uh, she meets with Hachi to catch up. Um, now that she's going to be living in Tokyo as well. Um, then after that, uh, Hachi goes back to room 707 to clean it. Um, and is worrying that she is being left behind, but we can get more into that. But, um, then, uh, Nana gets her official address. Um, Ginpei's like, got it from whatever assistant went to get it. Um, and immediately recognizes it as her grandma's old address. Um, and then, uh, in the, the final moments of the chapter, um, search ambushes blast with, uh, sort of a, a little, you know, can we get some comments, um, trying to get whether or not Ren and, and Nana are married yet. Um, and then also deliver an engagement gift to the band, uh, specifically to Nana, which is the photos of Ren and Rera together. Um, which she also obviously re- reacts poorly to. Yeah. Um, and Juko's place is closed because she's busy being in the main story, even though she wasn't in this volume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that was a good, uh, yeah, a good joke. And then there, and then there's a bunch of merch that I wish I could get. <laughs> yeah, I was I was looking at that and thinking, uh, the same thing. I was like, yeah. oh, I wonder if the um the planner is still, it's still floating around somewhere. But then it's like, well, it's a planner. For like yeah. 2006, so it probably wouldn't be that useful. Uh, Hobonichi uh, Techo needs to get Yazawa Ai to do a planner with them, like they did with Bleach. Nana is more deserving. <laughs> I'm sure, you people can... who read or not Bleach, um, One Piece. People who read One Piece do not keep planners. I'm sorry, but they don't. <laughs> yeah, there may have been a slight miscalculation in the <laughs> the developing the target audience. <laughs> and, for the, and here's the, the thing crossover planner i say this and people are like one piece is like one of the biggest manga of all time especially right now um they are still having like the books and stuff like the the covers and stuff run it because nobody fucking bought it last year mm-hmm. anyway yeah um i guarantee you if they did a nana one there would be a a different result yeah uh, but. All us Nana bitches would would buy that out in an instant. Um, yeah. I did. I did uh, get the so in this Nana's wearing a, a baseball cap that has bins on it, um, and I got from a, a like a fashion line thing that does like anime related stuff replicas of the pins that are on the hat. Um, a key to room 707 as a necklace. Uh, it's like a silver necklace. Um, and also a, uh, blast band shirt, uh, for like their 2001 tour. I think this might be the most apparel for one franchise like that you have. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Even with like, if we just count all of your gunpla as Gundam. Um, the, I have a lot of gunpla, um, but yeah, definitely like, uh, it depends. It depends on how you're doing the math, I okay. guess. But, we can do the math later. Yeah. But yeah. also the gunpla is more like, I'm just doing Legos and not, uh, I'm like just collecting things because I really like Gundam. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. not like an emotional, <laughs> uh, endeavor in the same way. 
Yeah. Um, anyway, shall we get into actually deep diving? Yeah. So chapter 50 uh, starts off with um, Hachi's voice. And uh, it's just looking at the CD Trust um, by Trap Nest. So I guess this is just their, like, the CD for their single. Um, yeah. Because they don't have an album out at this point. Uh, or not, like, a new album for the, the song. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hachi says, every day I used my cell phone to check and see where Blast's single ranked on the charts. As Takumi predicted, Blast amazingly stayed at number one, but I couldn't act too excited about it. I mean, I was engaged to someone in the rival band. Um, and then we get uh, an interesting splash page, which we can talk about. Uh, yeah. But I think my um, the one thing I want to point out with this is um so of course we get i think this is the first or most obvious sign so far of hachi's engagement like actually overtly limiting her ability to be a blast fan and like excited for blast yeah Um, it seems like the first time that she's expressed this in this form um and then I think this new expression introduces a uh, a theme of the volume, which I warned I was going to start doing last time. Um, but like, it is also this is also legitimate, legitimately important for this volume. Um, this idea of like allegiance and loyalty coupled with. Uh, infidelity and so the tension between those two things um is uh, a major force in the uh in the throughout the whole volume and we get it like established quite clearly right here where it's like this is hachi's this is one version of that where hachi has this dilemma that is like increasing yeah. Um, and this also gets like driven home further by uh, at the end, we're going to sort of return to this idea of like not being able to be totally happy about Blast getting famous because of like, you know, everything going on. And then the like smash into Takami is cheating on, on Hachi. So yeah. like that, the end will like explicitly tie these ideas together as well. Um, yeah. Uh, and then we get the splash page, which is, like I said, um, interesting. Yeah. Uh, Feels like a band poster, maybe. Um, or like the image that would be inside of a booklet, you know? Yep. For sure. Um, uh, and, yeah, uh, large sofa, uh, Takumi sitting on the sofa, Reira with uh, her head in his lap, um, Ran is sort of at her feet. Uh, sitting on the floor, like leaned against the sofa, um, and then Naoki, always sort of left out, is just kind of behind the sofa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, kind of looking uh, away, looking back, wishing yeah. he was more important. <laughs> uh, um, so we and, have, and Reira's dress has this uh, like flower design along the the bottom, and there's one uh on the the ground as well, and there's like petals falling as well. Are these like irises? 
Um, That's what I noted when I was uh, yeah taking notes, and then I just never went back and looked. They they really look like irises. Yeah. Um. Let me see. I I'm I don't always know flowers on site. I mean, they have that like long stamen mm-hmm. in the middle. Yeah, and the split, um, like petals, the the fourfold. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm quickly. I'm not going to do this too long because then we're just going to be sitting here <laughs> looking looking at our phones. Uh, I was like quickly checking the Wikipedia on irises to see if there's any obvious um, symbolic connection, but maybe we can get back to that. Uh, yeah, I think the, there are other things we can say though, even without that. Um, this image brings to mind the last trap nest promo imagery that we got uh, the, the wedding photo shoot uh, where the color palette was completely completely reversed um so rira and ren are both like in white there um and now we have both of them uh in black uh and rira also like lying on her back with her arm down like limply her (laughs) her eyes staring up vacantly um it gives a kind of feeling of death uh, in addition to like the shredded fallen flowers, uh, the black dress, all these things, um, and then just the even like Takami and Naoki are in this kind of really dark gray. The sofa's dark. Um, there's an extremely like funereal aspect to this. Uh, yeah, which stands out again. What set against the the prior, um, like promo images that they created, um, and then the symbolism of the flowers again. That's obviously a, a long running symbol, um, but them being like shredded, destroyed, uh, and falling here is uh, another. Uh, I think another sign, uh, and then the. Reira's positioning vis-a-vis like Takumi and Ren stood out as perhaps we can read into this as uh, like maybe this is indicating some relationship dynamics here uh, where Reira like has her head on Takumi's lap um, but it's like they're not making eye contact she's just looking vacantly up um so it's this position of well one way you could read it is like this position of comfort um but in this case like comfort is not what's realized it's some other uh yeah the with her being the one laying down as well and like in the black dress uh there's almost like a a corpse like vibe as well yeah. you know yeah, and talking um, like to me a body in down, a casket. Yeah, and talking to me looking down at her like the trophy by his side. Um, except the trophy is a corpse, but like it kind of invites the question of, uh, 
is that still like is that still uh consistent like even if Rayra were like this corpse um with no life but this like still uh static trophy in that way um is that just like the darkest possible version of Takami's uh like obsession with her as this trophy um so yeah a lot there and then ran um at her feet so a complete reverse uh which i think is seems consistent with how they're like triangulated um generally uh and then ran himself like on the ground surrounded by the fallen flowers with his eyes closed um so also another feeling of perhaps like this death-like um state for him as well yeah um and of course naoki's there (laughs) yeah right naoki's just like god damn it why don't i have this heavy symbolism with my complex relationships to everyone else here uh i'm kind of just turned away looking at them out of the side of my eye (laughs) yeah uh yeah nothing to say about naoki unfortunately yeah. <laughs> uh, um. In in terms yep. of if if this is an iris, um. In terms of irises, uh, they. So they are associated with like samurai or like traditional things like that, um. And so it's like strength of mind, um. Being one of the big the big things associated with it. Mm. Okay. So again, I don't know if it's an iris because the the stamen's almost like too big. I feel like, but it it might be. Yeah, I, I might be completely off on that. Yeah, um, it could also be hibiscus, but then I don't know what the symbolism is there because I think hibiscus is just like gentleness or something. Well, we'll let the uh, the listeners write in and correct yeah. us. If uh, anyone knows about flowers and flower meanings, write into ghost divers, uh, ghost at gmail dot com. Yeah, we'll do a question bucket section on it. Um, so moving on. Yeah. Uh, so we have we immediately cut to this message chain that we see in between Yasu and Miyu uh, about the rain. Uh, also, kind of where we closed um, last time, and uh, cut to Yasu's side of it. So we see Yasu riding with the rest of the band, texting Mew, um, and Nana taking notice of it. Yeah. Uh, so perhaps important <laughs> for later. Um, there's like this teasing that he is messaging a girl. and uh, I think it's Nana who asks, is it Rayra? Um, and then he slams his laptop shut the same way that Rayra does when almost being caught. Messaging <laughs> shit. Um yeah, good, so. subtle details are there. Yeah. The one thing that I wanted to point out here, uh, which I is a thing in this volume and, and will be um, mentioned by other characters. Um, so Yasu and Miyu's courtship, I guess we can say, uh, over yeah. email and phone. Uh, so this is like, the first instance of this where uh, digital communication prior to now has been figured almost entirely as 
a negative thing for relationships. Yeah. I mean, I guess with um, Shin and Reira, there's a way that um, oh yeah, true. it has been positive as well. But um, but yeah, the, there this does feel on the other side where often um, the. I, I guess there's a it's been complicated, but this is far more on the this is a positive thing for relationships um, because there's also ways that like Nana has veer, veered to the point of like, oh, texting is like just gets in the way that she then like destroyed her phone and it made it like harder for her, her to maintain relationships. Um, but yeah, this feels more into the side of just like. Uh, this actually is like a, a way in which people can also become closer even in the first place. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and good point with Shin and Vera. Uh, so I, I guess we could say this is like an yeah. extension of that, but a more. And I, I think, I think one of the key differences too, and I mean, this one, there's like a little bit more of them talking business and stuff. Um, but I mean, in both of these cases, we see someone on a like laptop messaging. Um, and there is a way in which, uh, the messages are like more involved, you know, you're not getting the text that's just like two, like a sentence or like two lines or Here. something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, or even just the like, you know, Hey, just wanted to say like, we, we should Good talk night. next time we see each other. Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, yeah, there's like actual conversation happening over it, which is not also not what we've always seen. Um, yeah. But in the case of both uh, Reira and Shin, and then here with Yasun and Miu, um, there is like more conversation happening. Yeah, um, like it's it's working basically. Yeah. Uh, so something to take note of there. Um, um Another sort of running theme of this volume, too, is uh, Yasu and, and his relationships, as he specifically seems to be, like, uh, to some degree at least, intentionally moving on in, in, you know, wanting to develop this relationship with Miu instead of just constantly being stuck on Nana. For sure. Um, but, I mean, this also immediately gets figured with the, the introduction of Shion, who we get, like, somewhat jokingly... Um, you know, there's the the thing about Shion is Yasu's girlfriend. Can't you tell? Um, and then it's like, you know, stop messing with those sweet little girls. Um, but obviously, the that is getting introduced as like how we first meet Shion, which is one continuing to put us in the mindset of like Yasu and his relationships with people uh, beyond just this like being constantly deferred with Nana and like you know not wanting to take what's Ren's and all of that sort of stuff that's going mm-hmm. on. Um, we're getting these like other glimpses with Mew and then with Shion here. Um, the other thing. I, a, uh, I, was, I was just gonna say, I don't know if I have a ton to say to like get into Shion as a character. Cause we haven't gotten a lot of her, but, um, but yeah. Uh, I'm only going to say this as like, uh, t- to point out the breadcrumbs <laughs> of yeah. the, the, the theme. Uh, but with the intro of Shion, and then we, again, like you said, we get told she's Yasi's girlfriend. Uh, we kind of figure out that, like, that's probably not the case, or not exactly, <laughs> uh, as the chapter goes on. But yeah. uh, getting this right away, 
um, there's like a suspense for the reader because we don't know it, what, like we're told that it's Yasu's girlfriend, but we're seeing him talk to Mew at the same time. Um, yeah. And so there's like a hint of infidelity uh, or like a potential infidelity here. Uh, and that's all I'll say. <laughs> uh, just another like breadcrumb of uh, all this stuff being set up. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't know if you have too much else with the the meeting with um you know Misato and her friend and uh Shion and the other like punk girls here. Um, I mean, there's some good moments. Uh, I like the the girl with the like little askew hat on her head, like shouting, and everyone just immediately <laughs> moving out of the way. It's a good bit. Um, yeah. Uh, it it is like. It is funny and kind of, uh, I don't know. It's, it's a little bit heartwarming. Like real Masato is a good character. Yeah. Uh, So seeing her and her friend is like a little heartwarming. Uh, I think the other thing is that this is the first view we get of like blast fandom and the groupie culture. Yeah. Uh, And we get it like, I, obviously we've had the scene like early on with um Misato giving Nana the cake and like discussion of their fans. Um mm-hmm. but this is where we like for the first time we see the actual like entity of Blast fandom as a thing with like inner workings and hierarchy um and this like life of its own. Um Yeah. And I felt like there was something a little jarring about this, where we just get it so suddenly in such a complete form. Uh, and it feels like, a th- in a way, it feels like the um, corresponding to like how much the band itself has changed with mm-hmm. becoming famous and how much their lives have changed. And now we get this like other view. It's like another thing that's attached to them that we haven't seen before, but it's escalated so much. And it's like, oh shit. Like (laughs) they have like a whole, (laughs) like, oh yeah, they've got like a lot of fans and like a hierarchical (laughs) fan like group. Like before we, we sort of like knew they had hometown fans, which we like saw that glimpse of in volume one. And then it was like, you know, Misato's coming to the shows. There's those two other girls that like come and, uh, uh, Junko and Kyosuke give up their spots to see Blast so that, like, those girls can go in. Um, but, like, yeah, there's also this way that, like, suddenly they are a band that's, like, having the, the radio station swarmed when they're just going for, like, a radio interview, you know? Yeah. It's not even, like, fans waiting for a concert. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah. this is in- immense escalation. Um... And then we're, as we're, like, getting into this, too, we get the, like, you know, the, the ways that people don't like Misato. Um, not the not the real Misato, but our Misato, Mai, um, as this, like, person who's, like, circumvented the hierarchy, so to speak, to, like, get closer to the band. Yeah. Um, which, of course, we immediately see her doing another form of this, ap- applying to be their assistant. 
Yeah, I just um, like getting the job. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The uh, um, the stuff with the hierarchy. It kind of surprised me how much discussion there is about this. Um, where we have like Misato and I think her friend's name is Fujimura. Uh, talking, they're observing like the way that the this hierarchy is working, and they're like, "Oh, she owns this voice of authority. This is like a gang." Um, and we see Shion like actually having this presence and like having power <laughs> and like authority yeah. over these groupies. Um, but then one panel that caught my attention was when Yasu comes out of the car and sees Shion and Shion does this bow that's like I I mean Oh yeah. Th- yeah, this is like uh sort of past the the initial stuff with um with Mai going. Um which I mean the the one note I had in all of that was like Mai seeing the Yuri Kosaka thing, like this sort of awareness of like the this agency is like bigger than the band and there's there is this like again there there's so much stuff around them like potentially being yakuza <laughs> yeah um but yeah when yasu gets out we get this uh specific view uh this panel where yeah she's bowing and then there's also like this you, you know yasu as always has his sunglasses on and uh is sort of like hiding his expression um but uh Shion here like clearly has this like both the like bow or whatever, but also like this look of true love in her face, I feel like, or like at least yeah. adoration. Yeah. Um yeah. And uh, there's a kind of deferential like the bow is not the deepest bow ever, but it is like yeah. a fairly a, a fairly pronounced bow. And just like the body language throughout is like this uh very deferential language um yeah and it it feels like something is is being shown to us about like power dynamics um, yeah where we have like the shion's power is discussed and then shion like yasu gets out of the car and then shion goes into this like deferential mode um yeah and then at the same time we have we see nana um like visibly reveling in the attention and adoration that she's getting. Yeah. Uh, from like the groupies. Uh, um, there's still like the one panel too of like genuine surprise at, at, <laughs> uh, cause like, you know, she gets out of the car, uh, is looking obviously to like all the fans, especially super cool. And then when like, they all bow and say, thanks for coming here blast. Like there's like this sweat drop surprise. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Not expecting uh, that, that type of <laughs> response. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, so that, so Nana being seen this way and then she also, um, nothing is said, but, uh, I'm looking at this panel where, uh, so it's right after, Shion gives the the gift bag to Yasu, and then in the middle of the page, she's like walking out, and it's like all of the 
the camera flashes and all of the groupies looking at Shion with this like respect. Um, and yeah. her just like having this posture of, uh, like carrying herself like <laughs> an authority. Yeah. Um, and there's a vibe here. I feel like of, okay, like look at these power dynamics and then look at like the people like wielding authority and enjoying like having this like power and receiving this adoration. Yeah. Um, and we also see the like differences between there's like the, the younger fans, especially like just visibly younger too. Um, who have this like you know there's little hearts above their head and stuff as they look at like shion here whereas like some of the other fans are a little bit more snide about her having power you know Mm -hmm. they're like a little bit higher up on the rungs um yeah yeah so like further gradations in the uh in this like entity of fandom that we we suddenly get all at once yeah um did you we, have anything with the uh, home life scene of it's Fujimoto, not Fujimura, uh, Fujimoto yeah. and Misato? Um, not too much. Uh, there was a way, especially now as I'm like reading Neighborhood Story, uh, that some of this reminds me a little bit of. Um, and I I suspect because like Neighborhood Story, they're a little bit older than this age. Uh from what i've read of like the beginning of neighborhood story so much or so far there's a lot of it that is specifically about that like moment of going through puberty and your relationship to like what it means to have a crush even changes as like sexual desire enters into the picture um and there's like a little bit of a tinge of some of that stuff happening here where like there's this bit of teasing around like oh you know the boys that you're interested in um you know, interested in like <laughs> my brother <laughs> uh, becoming yeah. a thing too. So, and the awareness yeah. of sex, like, yeah. Oh, uh, they're talking about Yasu. Um, if he has a girlfriend, she owns probably like a fling or something. Again, we have this infidelity theme breadcrumb. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people do it with their groupies, and then Misato like visibly being like shocked by Fujimoto thinking about having like knowing about sex and thinking about uh yeah. sex um um especially with the like thing about hooking up with shin which is the one that fujimoto is most into um which also like is one of those subtle things too where i think there's a certain reminding of like shin is quite young you know mm-hmm. <laughs> um especially bringing up like yasu and shin in this is like you know yasu there's a way that you can understand that like a young girl might have a crush on someone like Yasu, but it's just such a like childhood fantasy kind of thing. Uh, whereas like Shin's more in the same age range as like the brother, which is also like a good bit older than her, but is still like more in some sort of proximity mm-hmm. <laughs> um, rather than just like an adult. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah um, Yasu's like 25 going on 40. <laughs> going on 50 sometimes <laughs> yeah with his bourbon uh definitely yeah and his sake yeah it's old man sake it feels like i don't actually know the vibe of that sake but it feels like old man sake to me 
Yeah, that, um, that's. I think that's what the manga is kind of giving there. Is uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so maybe we can move forward to uh, Misato's letter. Yeah. Um. Obviously, for us knowing the relation, there's like the the constant irony, irony here. Yeah, I cosplayed as you. Do I look like you at all? <laughs> um. Which, of course, has, like, that certain double meeting um, that the characters are unaware of, but we are aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and the, the surprise here of the name Misato Uehara. Um, I think the um, one element of irony here is uh, Nana, like, encountering... So Nana consistently feeling like she doesn't have a family. Um, and then that being a big, uh, a, a, an enormous part of her character. Uh, yeah. But there's a, an irony here where it's like this family that she doesn't know she has um, now begins to loom over uh, the the story. Yeah. Um, and like, here's her sister, like telling her about, you know, (laughs) her family's Okonomiyaki shop. Um, and like the, the, the guy that her mom is now married to and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, and just like this, such a close proximity now to, (laughs) to this family that does in fact exist. Um, but that she still like has, has no, uh, real knowledge of. And like thinks to, and that she thinks doesn't like isn't isn't there. Yeah. Um. There. There's also this way where this chapter sort of pokes fun at what we were talking about. With suddenly here's like this this fan, like it feels abrupt. This like fan structure, um, mm-hmm. this hierarchy, and then there's these like jokes of like <laughs> you don't know Shion, <laughs> uh, who's Marika. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. start getting these like these names. Uh yeah. Yeah, the, the band's awareness of their own fans is interesting. Yeah. Uh and Shin the you know, here being the, the comedic unaware. Um But yeah. Um in this conversation too, where they're talking about uh, you know, groupies and all of that, there's this like uh, like Nana also joking around Shion doing naughty things with Yasu. Um, but in the midst of all of this, there's this, this reference to, or comparison between Shion and Misato, um, as like Shion having done the most research into Yasu. Um, but we also get mentioned here that, uh, you know, she's been a fan since Yasu was in Brute, which we will see in the flashback later. Mm-hmm. Um, just a glimpse of it. Um, uh, we also get another uh, hint uh, about Yasu's sexuality. Uh, a- another reference to him needing an outlet, uh, yeah. which we got uh, which we discussed before with the like the very subtle uh identification of him as like one of Yuri's fans. Yeah. And then this like the 
the implication that <clears throat> he like reads porn or watches porn. Um, and now again, uh, like this aspect of Yasu is going to be, it, it like really emerges here as a central focus in, in mm-hmm. this volume. Um, and so we have this other hint of like, oh yeah, like we're, we're becoming aware of Yasu's sexuality. Like, yeah, it, it actually does make sense that he would like have a girlfriend or have a fling, uh, because he probably does want to have sex at, like, at, uh, in reality. Yeah. Um, and so then just like the awareness starting to come in here of that, um, and Nana being like, oh, Yasu wouldn't use women just to get off. Uh, which certainly, uh, may be true, <laughs> but, uh, all of this just kind of like for now, I think setting the stage of uh, the volume kind of being about Yasu and, and his relationships and sexuality. Yeah. Or at least partially about that. Um, And of course, Yasu is in his room messaging with me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, his other potential outlet, but maybe less uh, overtly sexual and more romantic and, at this point, like truly just trying to move on. Um, uh, there's also some like funny small things here. So, um, Shion has this mole on the side, uh, which Nana like does a makeup mole in the same location (laughs) while they're talking. Um, and then one other thing that I, I noticed is so like after, sending the the email and turning off his laptop yasu takes off his sunglasses uh does not seem to put them on before he goes to open the door and the first thing that shion does when she sees yasu is take off her sunglasses Mm -hmm. um so suggesting there's like some sort of seeing of each other that's happening in that relationship yeah Um, lack of barrier yeah um but yeah and then i think one of the the keyest moments in all of this is uh so nobu and um shin happen to see shion arriving at yasu's door um and so there's this thing of uh you know shin saying i didn't see anything um yasu says i can't block it out like you do shin and shin says oh yes you can think about what will happen if nana finds out um and Nobu says, I'd fear for Yasu's life. <laughs> You're not very sophisticated, Nobu. No matter how you look at it, Nana and Yasu are, and Nobu shouts, don't say it. <laughs> Nana's marrying Ren. Um, and then Shin responds, see, you can block it out. <laughs> um, so. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Another this other. Uh, conversation that is like going to be dense with ties to other <laughs> parts of the volume. Uh, yeah. So the idea of like um, seeing something that you're not supposed to see uh, and then like blocking it out um, or withholding information uh, that you have like from somebody else. Uh, we actually also get this in the prior with the email from you um, where Yasu is like reading the email, learning about Yuri's situation um, and then takes his like glasses off visibly stressed before she shows up. 
Um, and this like problem being a thing for Yasu of like the burden of knowing, um, and then the burden of like hiding information or lying, um, for like in Yasu's case, often like because he thinks it's the right thing to do or the best thing. Um, but nonetheless, like withholding information, uh, from the, these, um, the people in his life. And then we get this, like, uh, Nobu and Shin being like, oh, we can't tell Nada, um, <laughs> because now we have this information we weren't supposed to have. Um, and then also like the, um, the trope of seeing is another thing that's going to come up, um, time and again in this volume. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So then, then we see them go and immediately lie to, <laughs> to Nana, <laughs> yeah, to Nana. <laughs> about what y- what Yasu's doing. Um. And yeah, we continue to get these jokes around, like, uh, you know, messing around. Don't do that. Um. But yeah, we also get this part where Nana's basically so. Uh, Nobu's saying to Nana, "You should call Ren." Um, and I was like, you're the newlywed, shouldn't you be, like, in contact with Yuri? Um, and Nobu says, uh, I just lost a temptation, I'll never fall in love with her, no way. Um, to which Nana, again, like, truly actually trying to be supportive here, Mm -hmm. is, you know, like, why not, are you still hung up on Hachi, get over it. Um, and then Shin says, when he thinks about Yuri, he wants to set all the video stores on fire. Um, which then Nana's like, uh, you know, Let's throughout all this, yeah, throughout <laughs> all this, she's been like, you know, don't sleep with groupies. Like, don't do that. Uh, don't be messing around. And then with this is like, uh, let's go burn down all the stores. What happens on tour stays on tour. <laughs> uh, you know, a funny punchline at the end of all of this too. Yeah. Um, yeah, but also like as you said, Nana continuing to be a good like friend to Nobu. Yeah, um, and also I think probably part of the reason you brought this up, um, Nobu's feelings, like the fact that Nobu has a problem with Yuri, like being a porn star, is first articulated here, mm-hmm. uh, and that will continue to be a problem. Yeah. Which also makes sense with the issues that he had, uh, the end, you know, with the end of his relationship with Hachi. But with, um, yeah, say it with me here, <laughs> infidelity. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, um, and it's not only infidelity, but like you, you know, yeah, it's yeah, that's there. Yeah, infidelity, and also this this uh, idea he has around like the purity of women. Yeah, <laughs> but. Um, then we get, uh, Hachi's narration here. Um, hey, Nana, I couldn't be totally happy about Blast getting famous because I was afraid you'd become a stranger to me. Uh, so this is slightly different than the, because I was, you know, engaged to the rival. Um, here is this, like, I was afraid that I would just be one of those fans, you know, rather Mm -hmm. than someone close now. Uh, so instead I clung even more to Takumi. I was always going back and forth and never learned to my lesson. Um, and then we get the uh, email uh, here on the phone from Takumi um, that he is spending the night at work again. Um, and uh, then immediately learn 
uh, in a, in a way that's like, again, abrupt. Um, there, there's a way in which the manga has let you believe that like, oh no, you know, maybe those are just rumors. This is just something people think like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, uh, abruptly, you know, here's the, the other woman. Is that your wife? What a bad boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, um, and then this gets, uh, ended with more where I think this is from Hachi speaking to Nana, but it is over, uh, footage of Ren doing cocaine in a bathroom. Um, I want to love, even if I'm not loved, I want to love someone totally from the bottom of my heart. It's the most simple thing to do. So why is it so hard? Um, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, uh, something that occurred to me, um, about, I think this is a larger point about like Hachi and Nana, that dynamic. Um, and then also just like, obviously the, the manga as a whole, um, cause that relationship is, is the central one. Uh, the way that Hachi and Nana's like fears start to converge like even as they like separate uh like mm. physically and emotionally and become more distant from one another um because of that separation like and then the different tracks that they're on uh they actually like are continuing to become more able to understand each other <laughs> yeah. Uh, as their like fears and anxieties and all that are like converging, um, even though they don't like realize that this fact um, right now because they're like apart, um, but their understanding of one another and their closeness in a way is actually growing, uh, even in like this absence, um, and so of course there there's an irony with this. Um, but I think it's also like a very important um, idea for understanding the motion of this like relationship and what's happening um, in this like major uh, in this like bulk of the manga where they're not really because the bulk of the manga is them apart from I put apart in in scare quotes, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah. like distant from one another uh to some degree um but there's still this like i think the manga is observing how um even with the distance they're also like their understanding of one another is growing um so yeah that's something that uh i realized it and i was like oh yeah okay <laughs> yeah yeah this is important <laughs> um and, and both of it also, especially centering around this, like, um, fear of being alone and being abandoned. Um, yeah, wanting to be loved. As they are, in yeah, this, as like, they are yeah. both sort of probably feeling abandoned by each other in certain ways. Yeah. Um, uh, so, chapter 51, uh, starting as always with the first page. Um... Again, from Hachi's point of view here, uh, over an image of like a, a trap nest billboard. Um, of Reira, of course. Yeah. 
Uh, Takumi said they'd try to come home every night. Or Takumi said he'd try to come home every night, but there were a lot of times he didn't come home because of work. Most of it probably really was work, but sometimes my instincts told me otherwise. I don't care if Takumi has a hundred women, as long as I'm number one. That's all right. I'll keep on being number one, no matter what. Um, so in some ways, uh, in internalizing of the, <laughs> the thing that, you know, Nana, the advice that Nana gave her here. Yeah. Um, uh, and maybe a more clear awareness of like, that talk to me, it actually is cheating on her. Um, yeah. Than, than we've had. Um, and then uh, we also get uh, Rayra looking at that billboard. Um, and then overhearing fans talking. Um, and in this case, they are more Blast fans than <laughs> Trapness fans. So... Um, you know, talk a little bit about how, like, she's annoying on TV. Um, so, uh, you know, she seems fake, basically. Um, we then also get this moment of, uh, you know, it's, it's like, a bit humorous. Um, but they... <laughs> so, it turns out that Takami and Hachi are watching a, a soap opera. Uh, but the way that we get introduced to it is the woman that <laughs> Takami has been cheating on Hachi with uh, <laughs> comes to the door. Uh, we get intercut Hachi, you know, sh- having shock and, and gasping um, as she's watching the TV. But it's it's implied that it's like, you know, she's actually really there uh, as this woman then goes to like a stab <laughs> Uh, we think Hachi for a moment, but it's actually just on TV. Um, so yeah, the the reveal of like it's just talking me and Hachi watching TV yeah. is really funny. Um, and it is you know this is definitely played for for comedy in the end. Um, <laughs> but but there is this way that this is a reminder of this theme of love as a driver of violence. Um, yep. you know to like to kill someone over the the love that you both have uh for that person um so uh and of course takami here <laughs> the the woman he's been sleeping with uh sumika morishita age 24 <laughs> um <laughs> i wonder if this is a uh, if hachi's actually <laughs> noting this or <laughs> yeah if this is just like the the author's note here um it's funnier if we it, think yeah that it, she's it's saying in, it. yeah it's in the it's in the like a comedic moment of this uh so yeah it does it does feel like hachi's doing it but because hachi is operating in the comedy mode of the manga right now so yeah um uh and then interestingly uh hachi uh links sumika to reira and says oh doesn't yeah. she remind you of reira <laughs> and Takumi uh, is taken aback, um, like embarrassed, and is like, "No, why would she?" Um, and then it very quickly trying to change the subject <laughs> away from this yeah. observation. Uh, yeah. Um, and we learn that this is what the day that was supposed to be their wedding day, and so uh, 
Takumi took the day off still um, and spent all day home with her. So, uh, uh, not to go backwards. Um, I don't want to. I don't know if you have anything to say about Hachi observing that. Um, so we have the the first page where it's like. Uh, oh no! Same page. Um, blast single debuting at number one, uh, knocking trap nest na- trap nest down. But Takumi seemed totally unfazed and actually content, as if he just finished some big project. Uh, yeah, that's uh, in a way consistent with what we've seen from Takumi, like leading up to this. Uh, but it just seems um, the the way that it's figured here uh, kind of caught my attention. Um, yeah. We don't have to say anything about it. We can kind of leave it. But I just want I do think it's important to note this, that uh, Takumi is unperturbed about, about being overtaken by Blast um, yeah. and seems to, like, uh, again, be content um, uh, about this outcome. So, yeah, something to think about. Um I mean, there's also this way that Takumi has sort of been in it for the long haul with this. Um, We also, from our point in rereading it, know that in some way Blast is going to be like a one-hit wonder kind of band because of the events that are going to cause the breakup. Yeah. Um, So. um, Yeah, Yeah, and then Takumi's involvement or him like I guess to take a not to make a pun here but to take a stab at this right now um, like Blast being one and Trap Nest being two and both of them like having their singles be successful and going off without a hitch is kind of like that is Takumi's vision like all of the stuff that he's done behind the scenes of like, oh well, Ren and Anna have to get married. Like I'm trying to prevent all of this like <laughs> paparazzi shit from going off the rails. Um, I just want everything to go off like cleanly, uh, and like have no complications. <laughs> and yeah. that is basically like, at least at this point in time, that that's what has happened. Uh, we're like the the scandal of like Nana and Ren came up and then they just like steered through that and now they've like got the number one single. Uh there's a way that this is just like of course Takumi would be content. Like that this is what he wants. He just he wants like no trouble. <laughs> uh and everything to be like managed perfectly and cleanly. Yeah. Um we get the start of Ren and Rera then. Um going on their trip. Uh notably Rera here asking to go to the sea. Um, which is a thing that we're gonna see Nana expressing a desire to do, uh, especially later. Yep. Um, like in the time skip. Um and uh then we get um you know Asami Yuri here, uh trying to hook up with, with Nobu on the road, um, and avoiding calls from Mew, um, who she also just has as Mew 
interphone. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe the culprit okay. of the thing yeah. that Mew is bothered by so much. Um, apparently hard to type, too. I feel like it's actually harder to get it to do the, do the little letter thing. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, because, I mean, it's just two characters versus, like, you have to do the the little um yeah yeah um anyway we we then get uh the introduction here of uh my moving in we learn that she's been hired as the new employee to be blast assistant um and you know Mew in particular is kind of uh at odds i would say <laughs> yeah with, uh the the like management here uh this guy dropping off um yeah and i think she she reveals why where she's like oh is this another runaway you picked up um like not wanting to see like tired of the uh exploitative business and not wanting to see another like young girl get um taken in by this she's just like over it basically yeah, there's also the part of like, how old are you? I'm 20. The president told you to say that, didn't he? How old are you really? Um, 17. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Just like someone having seen this like clearly too many too many times before. Yeah. Um, and but immediately if- sort of being like, I I'm going to show you like the places that you shouldn't walk alone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sort of immediately going to this like, I'm going to take care of you a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, um, there's a thing with like I think this scene reveals a lot about Miu and Yuri's relationship. Um, where just before this, we see Miu is like calling Yuri, uh, and really like the main one who's concerned about her. Well, of course, Shikai is concerned about her being gone, but not the way that Miu is. Miu is like concerned for her well-being, <laughs> seemingly. Yeah. Um, and like doing this kind of care. Uh, and then kind of doing the same thing with, um, Misato, uh, like kind of seeming to be cold, but then in reality being like, oh, like, I don't want to see this pattern repeat itself, but also like, I'll, I'll take care, take care of you and make sure that like nothing bad happens. Um, Yeah. We then get, uh, you know, probably the next big thing. So Nobu gets specifically Yuri texted Shin being like, give me the information so that I can get, you know, a room basically, um, for where you're staying next. Uh, and then, um, when they arrive, Asami Yuri texts Nobu being like, here's the room you know, come see me. Um, but Yasu stops him. Um, and he sort of reveals that, uh, you know, Nobu not really aware of anything happening is like, Asami came all the way here to see me. Uh, at which point Yasu's like, I have not been telling you what's going on. Um, cause like, you know, here's all the reasons. Um, but let me explain this whole situation. I didn't realize that she was texting you. Um, so, uh, yeah, if I had told you, you would have freaked out and it, uh, and wouldn't have been able to play. Um, so anyway, 
Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I love the exchange where uh nobody's like, oh, I don't understand why she didn't tell me anything. Uh God, I really don't get women. It, it, and then also, am I that stupid? Which is funny. Yeah. Um, this is like a good snapshot of Nobu <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Being like frustrated because he doesn't understand women, but then also like aware that <laughs> there's a there's some level of personal shortcoming in that maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this um, is like a perfect snapshot. Yeah. Uh, but then Yasu saying, "Hey, I don't get it either," but. Clearly, I do get it because I'm about to explain exactly. <laughs> I, clearly, I've like thought about this deeply, uh, and like probably I do get it. Uh, which is uh, every time Yuri talked about wanting to quit her job, her boyfriend's ran away, so she probably was afraid you'd do that too. Um, and I don't know if this is exactly it because uh, we'll go. The manga will take us much deeper into this. But it's kind of like a version of this. This is part of it. Yeah. Um. There, there's also this, like, uh, this is maybe like the slight push that that Nobu needs to like commit a little bit more to this relationship. Um, one because like now he's more aware and has to like actually take care of someone rather than it, uh being maybe like less about care and giving care. Um, yeah, it's just about like fun and like sex. Yeah. And now it's about um, like oh yeah, uh she's like suffering. Yeah. I now understand that. Uh but there's also this way that um it's also a little bit of a not in a way that's like fully giving Nobu an out. Um but it like it makes this thing that he's struggling with um around like infidelity and women be like sexuality of women uh slightly easier because now it's like oh this is a thing that she wants to get out of eventually um and so he has to then try to work through those things to like come to this point of the thing that's best for you is to like finish out your contract (laughs) um but also like now i understand there's like more complexity here at the very least yeah um like I'm still committing like I'm committing to you and the in the course of doing that, like what that means is that I'm going to honor and encourage you to like do this thing that you have to do, even though it's not even though I don't like it. because um, yeah. it's like doing porn. Yeah. Uh which yeah, is like a a kind of step. Um but yeah, we'll, um, we'll see where that I thought goes. a I thought a significant line in this as well was Yasu saying, um, "She's even more thoughtless than Hachi." I'm just wondering if you can really handle it. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the other thing, um, Nobu needing money, like for a woman again, right? So yeah. first it's Hachi where there's a dilemma about him not having enough money to support her and the baby. Um, And then now we get this kind of parallel problem where um, it's like buying out Yuri's contract. Um, Yeah. You either like, if you buy it out, um, 
then it would end or she just has to finish out the contract. Um, so, yeah. And I think there's, there's definitely more that we could say about this. Yeah. The parallel arrangement and like the repeating of this, um, dynamic for Nobu specifically, uh, where, uh, I mean, I guess the first thing that jumps out is like, there's a, a very obviously gendered, um, dynamic happening with, uh, like masculinity and providing, um, and then, um, money, um, and that's something that bears a lot on Nobu's character where he himself is like struggling with, um, gender roles, um, like him himself as a man, but then more overtly like with women, um, and, and trying to like get past some of this stuff. Yeah. Um, and like the fact that he's ending up in these predicaments is there's like a, uh, there's a way that like the, the manga itself is telling us something about Nobu by like putting him in these predicaments. Um, but there's also a way that like his own thinking and approach is like creating it's like, it is his thinking itself that is like generating these, like making these possibilities emerge <laughs> as like the discussed well, yeah. possibilities. And, and there's, there's a way that this is specifically getting challenged with Nobu too, because here is like, but what can I do about a huge wild, like 40 million? Why is it always about money? Um, and Yasu responds, I don't think having the money would be enough to solve this. Even mm -hmm. if she quits the videos, uh, she's already in will never go away. If she's with a guy who can't tolerate that, he'll drive her into a corner. Just try to think about it, Nobu. Why Hachi ended up choosing Takami. Yep. Um, and, you know, the implied answer here being Hachi didn't choose Takami because he had the money to take care of the kid. You know? Yep. <laughs> um, so. Yeah. There's, like, this actual shortcoming that you you have to address about the way that you're thinking about women. Um, and you know, the, the feelings that you're having around like women having sex and having sex with other men and things. Yeah. So, um, yeah, um, absolutely. Also key line from, from, uh, Yasu here as well. Uh, it isn't so risky. This is specifically about like the, the contract that Yasu got. Um, and, uh, say, yeah, Nobu's like, I can't believe, uh, all your risky biz and secret maneuverings. And Yasu says, it isn't so risky. I only gamble when I know I'm going to win, and gambling should always be done in secret. <laughs> um, which is such a, a Yasu <laughs> line here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, th and the fact that... So this conversation that this line is, is a part of um, is a whole other <laughs> major revelation <laughs> uh, where we find out that... Um, Yasu basically like renegotiated uh or this was either the initial negotiation or like a, some sort of renegotiation of Blast's contract with Shikai um where he like unilaterally and in secret went to Shikai and like um 
use this leverage of the um the like scandal with Nana uh to get like a better deal. Uh um, yeah. And so this is tying in to uh the like of obviously the withholding information um these things about Yasu that we know and that um we've seen all along and they're hinted at again um in this volume yeah uh, i mean uh, also i think just for for clarity it does seem like it's implied cuz it's um when they were trashing Nana's reputation for publicity, I made a big stink to the fox who thought, oh, who I thought had a hand in all this. So it's like specifically like we signed this contract. They started doing all this stuff with search that was kind of, um, you know, like making a bad reputation for Nana. Underhanded. And, yeah. And it was clear that like the record label had some part in it. And so then I went and, um, you know, pushed them on it basically. Uh, yeah. said we'll we'll take our CD to someone else. Like we'll leave and find another record label. Uh, and bluffed by one. Yeah, and so uh, like, okay, I think the first level of this is this idea that we've talked about before, where like capitalism and celebrity and Shikai, and then they're like assets. Um, where this is like a a system of exploitation, basically, where people are objectified turned into assets um and you know so on and so forth so like yuri is tied into this and uh, literally tied in like here <laughs> by the uh interweaving of the conversations um but we're seeing this with all like this has been a running commentary um and then we also have the thing where yasu the parallel of yasu and takumi um where they share this role of like they're the ones who see the like the game of like exploitation um in like most clearly and most completely um and they're also the ones who like participate in it um in this like conflictual Takumi will like has this worldview where he perceives this as like a war or a battlefield. Um, and there's a way that this is like, uh, Yasu doesn't replicate, like talk about it the same way. Um, but he has like this more lawyery, <laughs> uh, version of seeing the same thing. Uh, um, yeah, but they're like engaging in this battle, um, to like, I'll put I'll put take care in scare quotes uh, because there's more. It's debatable if that's all they're doing, um, but going to like take care of people, and uh, like the band and all of that um, by engaging in this battle, and then also like doing it secretly and withholding that like battle from the others. Um, and so Yasu seem seems to have this more like benevolent <laughs> type of uh, doing this. Um, but it really is very similar to what Takumi does. Um, and this revelation, I think does a lot of work in like building up. Um, Cause we'll see Takumi do this again, like in the 
I think it's the next volume uh, where he does a version of this too. Um, like goes behind the scenes, makes these negotiations, etc. Um, but Yasu being like, oh, I milked the situation to get us a good contract with several advantages. Um, and then, oh yeah, I only gamble when I know I'm going to win. Um, and gambling yeah. should always be done in secret. Um, so he's like seeing it as gambling. Um, but it's really like, um, it's, it's kind of the same dynamic. Uh, yeah. and there's moral complications to, to all of this. Um, especially if you think about like, uh, so blast has been like objectified and turned into this asset. And then the contract is like. literally uh that's like literally like the rights of everyone in the band <laughs> that is embodied in that contract um and then yasu like doing these unilateral actions on behalf of the band like changing the contract um is is just going so far <laughs> uh but of course he does it for benevolent reasons until like you know this this yeah uh this could end but uh still like i think we're uh supposed to continue like noticing the um complexity of that yeah um we then get uh well so there's a brief bit of of yuri drinking um or i guess not drinking um but being sad on her bed it's uh you know, not in the rest of the band that's drinking. She um, uh, she drinks later. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we get a little bit here about, uh, you know, her actual history. Uh, again, adding more to the relationship between Yuri and Mew when we learn that she was like, uh, you know, basically on the street. Um so yeah, uh, Sugimura picked her up off the street five years ago. She was wandering around Shinjuku like a stray cat. Um, yeah. So yeah, a- another this... one of your runaways. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. Then we get this stuff about, you know, trying to make her into like some sort of idol or celebrity, um, wanting to do like the, the old, uh, pink films, the like Roman porn, uh, from Nikatsu, um, before just sort of going into like the regular porn video stuff. Um, and one thing I wanted to note, there's this page where, uh, you know, it's skin here talking to Nana and, uh, Shin about Yuri's history. Um, and I was especially struck by, uh, so we, we've talked previously about how Yazawa Ai has this style where there's sort of some images that, uh, don't exist within a panel. They're sort of like, on the page and then other panels feel like overlaid over them. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes the, the lines between those will then break down in, in weird ways or interesting ways. Um, but also there's this way in which like the, the panels will sometimes be used to comment on something that might be inset. So like we get the, the, the panel that sh- like, we have a panel of the smash. We have Yuri, laying in the bed but that's just sort of like the background of the page 
And then there's like the actual panels of them starting to talk about, you know, Yuri ran away from home, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, this is a common way that uh, she will employ this, but it's not the only way that she sort of employs this, um, you know, image that's simply on the page that the like panels are around. Um, and so one that I thought wa- was interesting, and th- I think there's a few other times in this volume where something similar happened. Um, but so there's this part where there's a panel where uh, Ginpei is saying, some people say you can just make a new start, but it's not easy because your past is part of who you are. It'll always come back to haunt you. And then we have like an image that's on the page that's sort of the next panel to read. We then get reaction panels on the like left of it. The, but the way that it's oriented, there's also a way in which I think it sort of invites you to read Shin and Nana and like the lighting of the cigarette being in response to uh, your past is part of who you are. It'll always come back to haunt you mm-hmm. in addition to like what, you know, the content of that, that sort of on the page images talking about as well. Yeah. The uh, sequencing but almost, is like, is yeah. confused, <laughs> uh, but it almost feels more poignant as a reaction to like your past is a part of who you are. It will always come back to haunt you as he's talking to two of the characters who are like the most haunted by their past <laughs> and having their past come back and haunt them yeah. actively. And um, then presenting two opposing versions of, or like two different ways of con- conceiving of this problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, if it's like this kind of split, uh, circular uh like sequence uh like one two a one two b <laughs> and then three uh here it's yeah. like literally literally representing the uh the way that these are two diverging approaches like so you have like the your past is part of who you are it'll always come back to haunt you and so there's like a fatalism. If you end it yeah. there, there's like a fatalistic um and like tragic dint to that statement. Yeah. But then you But have... then the other thing that the exactly. response could be to is uh I would never consider knocking down what's been built in order to start over. If you stand your ground and keep building, will it turn into your ideal structure someday? <laughs> um so yeah. Uh, but that in particular, like this somewhat unassuming page, but just the way that the layout is working felt, you know, particularly like this is, uh, uh, you know, Yazawa I doing some masterful comics work. Um, and I mean, there's, there's another way where it's like happening far more, um, we get this like very next page, you know, Ren and Reira, Reira is asleep, um, and we sort of get the like two panels of them with their eyes closed. And then there's like the image on the page of uh, Ren and, and Rayra. Uh, and so it's also doing this like slightly disjointed in time almost feel mm-hmm. to it um, as well. So, um, yeah, I think the um, <clears throat> the conversation with Ginpei feels very important. Um, and it's probably something we'll we'll come back to you. Yeah. Um, uh, and then leading right into like this whole, um, Ren and Rayra's trip is 
Which is also specifically going back to this past. Yep. Um, <laughs> exactly. By, like, going back home. Yeah. Um, and then about, like, how how they're relating to the past and then what that means for their, like, future. Um, or what they're, you know, what actions they're going to take uh, now. Yeah. Um, and so sort of beginning of this conversation, um, I think there is a, there's like a moment where there's a, a click, which I think is like maybe the door, uh, but also sort of presages or evokes the clicking of the, the camera that we're going to get later. Um, but yeah, the, the conversation, it starts with Ren saying, basically, uh, when I die, scatter my ashes in the sea here. Um, which one, we know that he's going to die. Uh, but also there's this way that like, in some ways his wishes and Nana's wishes actually overlap. Um, this idea of like being together in the sea, um, uh, mm. this obviously also ties in even more to in the future, Nana expressing this desire, um, standing at the scene, like contemplating going there, like, uh, in this like sort of suicidal mode. Um, and also but, the idea of like the circularity of like wanting to return. Yeah. Um, cause like the sea is symbolic for him of like his home, um, and yeah. like, his past and then wanting to like return there when he's dead. Um, yeah. And have this like reunion, um, with his like origin or whatever. Yeah. Um, and both of these sort of get like tied up in the image then of Donna wanting to, re to return to the sea. Um, but, uh, yeah. And then we, we end up having more of a conversation here. Um, you know, one, there's the, the other bit of irony here. Um, of, you know, we should ask Takumi to be the one that scattered your ashes. Uh, even if someone kills him, he won't die. <laughs> um, and Ren's like, he doesn't care enough to do something like that. Uh, we will see the way that like Takumi will express care in the, the wake of Ren's death. Um, and it will also specifically be around like doing the business of taking care of the things that need to be taken care of. Yeah. Um, so there, there's a kind of like tragic way that they're, that the Rayra's predict or uh Ren's prediction is like incorrect. Yeah. Um, um they're like, oh he wouldn't do this like the task of like carrying out an arrangement. Uh um, yeah. Uh because he wouldn't care enough in order yeah. to, you know to do that. Um and then uh you know there's also the the talk about how it'd be dangerous to drive the car. Yeah. Uh, so further presaging his death. Heavy foreshadowing. Uh, yeah. Um, and then there's talk about, you know, marriage. Uh, so we can maybe even just read some of this. Um, yep. So yeah. Rara says, you got a wife. So what would you want with me? Uh, guys are so sleazy. Ren says, we aren't married yet. Um, well, you almost are everything, but, are we? I don't really get the meaning of marriage. What's it for? Um, and then Rera the asks, then why did you... Yeah. The reaction shot from Rera, just like the white background, and then the yeah. splash, so the silence. Yeah. 
Uh, Rayra says, then why did you propose to her? I guess I felt like I had to. Um, why is that to drive the mosquitoes away? And Ren says, to get rid of Balti, to drive Yasu out of Nana's heart. Um, I'm like a little boy. What good would a contract on a piece of paper do? It makes me feel even emptier when I try to keep her with something like that. I'd probably want Nana to stop singing too, and want her to always be by my side, uh, uh, and only think about me. Lately, I just feel like killing her, so then Nana would be mine and only mine forever. There's something really wrong with me. Someone please kill me. Um. So, I mean, one, I guess someone will. <laughs> Uh, yeah. to, to be slightly, uh, you know, black comedy about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we get this at once. There's like this part that's at odds with what Nana wants, you know, Nana does not want to stop singing. Um, once you have these other things that are not just like constantly being by Ren's side and only thinking about him. Um, but then they also sort of have this like seemingly unified desire in being together in death. Um, so. Yeah. And I think we could, I think there's even more in that too, in the way of just as Ren has this, like they're both wanting this like total, you know, unity and devotion um, and then if you take that to the extreme, it's like, oh, I'd want her to stop singing and want her to always be by his side. Um, but then, you know, he doesn't really want that. Um, and that like this dissonance creates this like self-loathing. Um, yeah. but then I think you could say, uh, there's a way that this is also true in reverse as well. Uh, for Nana, which is like going back to when Ren left her for Trap Nest. Um, like, oh, um, it's not quite the same as like, oh, I'd want him to stop playing guitar. Um, but like, oh, well, I'd want him to always like be by my side and play only for me. Yeah. But then at the same time, like, in awareness of like Ren has this opportunity to go like play in trap nest and have um, this like successful music career and make money and all of these things that she also wants for herself uh, that like, she must understand like in the same way that she wants them. Ren also wants them. And yeah. so like, doesn't, for that reason and then for others as well. Um like knows that she can't that there's something wrong about like wanting to stop Ren from like going and joining Trap Nest. Um but still she like does want him not to because she wants this like <laughs> this uh, this devotion. Um and like uh, of course her, you know, synthesis she wants to make it together and that's how like she you know in her ideal vision, like they both are able to achieve this, but they do it like together. Um, but, uh, of course that's not, um, it's not destined to be, um, yeah. And so, 
even as Rand is speaking here, it's like, it's also, I feel like all of this stuff is, is true for Nana as well. Yeah. Um, and then from Hachi, Hey Nana, your last words, which here, you know, somewhat, uh, ominous in the way that could suggest that that Ren will kill her. This is like a, a sort of running thing um, that even goes back to the you know, like Sid and Nancy aspect of, of everything. Um, uh, if people don't know the, the actual story of what happened with Sid and Nancy, you can look it up. But, um, but yeah. Uh, so then, hey, Nana, your last words still go back and forth between hope and despair. You whispered softly like you were talking to yourself. I want to go to the sea. Um, which, as we've already talked about, sort of there, there's this like dual meaning between hope and despair, too, of like going to the sea, returning, um, going home, going to like this past uh especially when we get her sort of contemplating the sea in the, the future, there's also a way in which like, um, you know, she, she'll have to like cross the sea to go back to Tokyo and see everybody, uh, be with Hachi again. Mm-hmm. But then also going to the sea is like going, enjoying Ren and death as well. So, yeah. Um, and then gut wrenchingly, <clears throat> we get the, um these kind of end chapter ending pages of um Nana and Ren on the same um wave breaker throwing snowballs. Yeah. Um yeah. and then their uh Ren's apartment when they were living or their apartment when they were living there together. Yeah. Uh, with the Sid and Nancy poster. Um so then uh the next chapter um, it's a town buried in snow half the year, uh, in quotes. I thought about the place way up north that Nana talked about, uh, when looking at the snowman mark on the TV weather app. Will I be able to see that landscape someday? That's where Takumi grew up to. Um, and of course the part where, well, the Hachi will go and, and see this before Ren's death. Um, we'll, we'll also, I think, get the circumstances around that, I think. Or is it truly in Ren's death? I'm trying to remember. I can't remember. Um, yeah. It might actually just be when Ren dies. Because there's the part where she goes to see, um, not his mother, but that's not the hometown. That's Osaka. So. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. I think you, I think you got it. Yeah. Um, so then we, we start here with, uh, the, like one, there's the, the chalkboard here, which at this point it's just Ren at this apartment. Um, it's like an apartment party. Um, but, uh, we also see in the little, uh, interstitial page here, the writing, both of their names on that chalkboard later. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, we get this flashback, um, where, uh, you know, Takami is one of the highlights of the party. <laughs> um, Rayra's here and doesn't normally come to the party uh, and ends up, you know, uh, drinking with, with Yasu. We get a brief, like, uh, Yasu and Shion together here. Um, I believe this this girl here is Shion. I think, um, yeah, I think so. The, the mole yeah. is, like, 
the giveaway. Yeah. Um, and the eyes. And, you know, very similar, yeah, eyes and look. But yeah, the, the mole especially. Um, but, uh, yeah, Shion then leaves, um, and we, we get this stuff, uh, of course... <laughs> Um, Yasu bourbon. I drink the good stuff on the rocks. <laughs> As I I finish up, my rocks are gone now, but the bourbon's still here. Yeah, this is so like believable that Yasu was this guy in high school. Yeah, yeah, extremely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, underage drinking being being like, <laughs> oh, I only drink the good bourbon. Yeah. Yeah, I only drink good bourbon on the rocks. Uh, also believable that Yasu would still be doing this older. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, um, very, very constant person, Yasu yeah. is. There's a way that this memory, like, calls attention to the way that Yasu has been, in, like, in a certain stasis. Um, I think there there are ways that, like, Yuzawa will specifically return to images of the past and call attention to characters who seem to have changed and those who, who are like, uh, look and act very much the same. Um, Yasu obviously feels a little bit more like a high schooler here, but not much. Not Um, much. Yeah. Yeah. There are subtle differences. Uh, but I think that like with him flirting with Rera and like being very forward and initiating that relationship, um, but then there's also a question there of like, is that part of, is that, is Yasu not like that anymore? Or is just that part of him like suppressed up until now because of his whole dynamic with Nana? Yeah. Um, which uh, it's apt that that question is invited here because <laughs> um, his relationship with Nana is a whole, is part of the focus of the, the volume yeah um also the the reference of uh you know anyone who finds out that he's drinking heart stuff like this uh drowns in the sea or becomes a partner in crime so uh drowns in the sea has a certain connotation that we already have from like the previous chapter from this idea of like death in the sea being linked um and then partner in crime is like sort of this wording that hachi used talking about takumi um mm, so yeah. um yeah <laughs> uh it's like a little offhanded comment here but i thought it was a uh interesting moment um and then we we cut to the future um and get reira you know um thinking about her first loves um kurt cobain died unexpectedly uh sort of like her her big celebrity crush um and then my first love didn't bite no matter how much i chased him um the first love seemingly being talking here mm-hmm. um uh which we will get further call attention to where i think it's the interstitial at the end um in between the volumes uh that has when she was reading about kurt and talking was like but i'm way cooler <laughs> from that bonus chapter um but yeah, then uh Ren and, is already passed out. <laughs> um yeah. uh yeah. an important um line culminating the, uh this like interior monologue that Reira is having about um losing her and then Takumi and then Yasu. Um 
And she says, why don't people stick around? But moving on allows us to progress in life. Yeah. Uh, this is probably one of the most um, like salient lines as far as like what the the volume is meditating on yeah i'd say we have Uh, we have yasu moving on and seemingly you know as we're being reminded of how little yasu has changed in many ways um maybe finally being able to progress uh this obviously ties in with the thing we were calling attention to with ginpei um and nana and shin and this like relationship to the past um this this need to like grow from the past and sometimes that means losing people um and then obviously this also having resonant like resonance with ren is going to die and there's a way that that is going to um you know we're not going to see much of it right away uh we have to like infer a lot from what the future is uh but potentially provide some need for uh nana to move on um even if she like remains in a certain stasis in the the future about that Um, yeah um and then this like tragic tension between uh old or existing relationships being like a core part of your identity and like what anchors your identity as a person um but then also like on the flip side uh first of all inevitability of change um in those relationships like in order for you to change as a person like your relationships also have to change and that means that they may have to like uh you know, be reduced or become distant or like cease. Um, and so these things that are like the most important or carrying the highest importance in a way, um, are also things that like are, uh, holding you like fixed. Right. Yeah. Um, like, like having some sort of anchoring, there's a duality of that. Um, where like anchoring allows you to like be a thing. Um, but then also like being a thing means like you are that thing and not something else. And so to become something else, like, (laughs) uh, you, you need to be anchored less. Um, and so that whole, like, that idea is, is really, uh, and I mean, you, you pointed out the, the specifics as well where that's tying in um but i would say this like tension and then the different like emotional nuances of it of course the tragic one being very prominent um but uh also like these more um like optimistic views of it as well um are all like just very powerfully <laughs> driving the uh the manga at this point yeah um there's also this way that i think this chapter is calling attention to uh so we basically have like um ren and nana as like they are getting married um you know they are in this like relationship 
Um, and then we also have this relationship that's been developing between Rera and Shin. Um, and now we get the scene where Rera and Ren, who have this like artistic relationship at the very least, um, and you know, the, the complexities around that will deepen. Um, and especially like this trip being a, a thing that is making that more pointed. Um, and then we also have like Nana and Shin here, uh, together as well <laughs> in the same moment. Um, but there's like obviously a, a, a different thing happening with Nana and Shin here. Um, but I think also sort of gets highlighted when, um, you know, Nana asks, wait, where's Ginpei? And Shin says he went back to his room. And then in this like look of genuine, you know, uh, I have trauma on her face. She says, <laughs> are you leaving too? Um, and Shin just says, I'm just going to go buy some cigarettes. Uh, cause Nana has run out of cigarettes. Um, so yeah. Um, uh, and then also, I mean, uh, Yasu and Miyu and Nobu and Yuri are also part of this, where it's like, yeah. we get these late introduced characters who become very important and then like enter into these relationships with Yasu and Nobu, which then pull them away from like what the, re- the relationships that they had before. Um, so we're like seeing this <laughs> literally play out with, with those characters as well. Yeah. Um, and, and having a sense of like watching Nobu and Yasu grow as characters with these new relationships. And so then having this sense of like, Oh yes. Like Nobu, like this is important for Nobu that he's like with Yuri now because it's like allowing him to progress in life, to to quote Reira. Um, yeah. Like, it's allowing him to grow and not just continue to be, like, the Nobu who is sitting who, by Hachi's bedside and, like, feeling sorry for himself and, and so on. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, the other end of this, too, is, like, especially uh, Nana and Hachi, the ones who seemed the most... Yeah. The most having this fear of being left behind, which we'll get Hachi expressing later um, in the next chapter. Um, but yeah, speaking of Hachi, we get uh, Takumi and Hachi together here. Um, and uh, Takumi joking about infidelity with Yuri here. <laughs> uh, seeing Yuri on television. Uh, and basically being like, you know, oh, I'd love a piece of that. It freaks me out thinking about Nobu doing it with her. <laughs> Um, oh, but then we wouldn't be able to tell who, whose baby it was again, uh, sort of joking about all this stuff. Um, yeah, maybe we should all live together happily ever yeah. after. Um, and then there's that, actually, I wasn't kidding. I want to do it with Yuri. <laughs> um, Shut up. The baby might hear you. Don't corrupt it. Yeah. Um, talk to me being like, don't. Baby can't hear me. The baby doesn't understand Japanese. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, then there's this part of Takumi saying, um, well, no matter what Nobu does or doesn't have to do with it, you and I can't erase our our own past together. So you have to accept the facts as facts. Uh, So one, we also have this like erasability of the past, even if it's something that uh, you can like move past or grow beyond. It's still constantly a part of you 
Uh, again, the, the Ginpei conversation yep. touched on this as well. Um, but then Hachi sort of has this, this realization um, about the facts or the facts. Uh, and Takumi's like, uh, what? <laughs> I, I, I was just saying a thing. It's not a big deal. Um, yeah, Hachi says, facts usually get twisted around because of assumptions, agendas, attitudes, and whatnot. Um, which, you know, there's also this way that this is like tying into what we've been discussing with some of the previous volumes, especially where, uh, the distance yep. that exists between people, like the facts get lost and all that people have to work off of are their assumptions and attitudes and everything. Um, but then, yeah, it goes into this, this, uh, bigger thing of, um, you know, I always thought he was weird, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. So that's why Takami seems meaner than most other people. But Takami isn't really mean, and he accepts me just as I am. Uh, well, no matter who the father is, you're still the mother, so try to be strong, alright? Which is like this piece of advice that he gave, but this is also him stating facts, right? Like, no mm-hmm. matter who the mother is, you're still, or who the father is, you're still the mother. Um, I feel secure with Takami because he can make objective decisions. Uh, that's why what Takumi says never wavers. He's probably, he probably understands more than anyone that people's feelings change easily, that you, uh, that what you can see is a house of cards, that nothing's sure and nothing lasts forever. Um, and there are a few things happening while this is being overlaid. So one, there's like Hachi talking about how, uh, Takumi can approach things objectively often. Um, he does seem to be like aware of emotions, but it's, it's another thing he's taking into account, right? Um, yeah, that he's not like empathizing with them; he's just noting them as like a phenomenon. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, the, but there's there's multiple other things that are occurring in all of this. So one, we get Takami standing on the the like um, balcony here, smoking. Um, We've seen him do this multiple times before, thinking about Reira. Uh, so one, there is this like way that it's called into question how much Takumi is always objective um, or is not also being influenced by feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, this I think will come up more when Takumi makes choices later. Uh, he'll often balance, I think, his feelings with objective things, but, um, you know... He's, he's still often, I think, as I said before, like Takumi will sometimes help and protect people, but also you have to think about who, who are the people who he is always protecting and who are the people who he's willing to sacrifice. Um, and there's still like some sort of emotional thing happening there as well. Um, we also see the moon and this becomes this, uh, it'll get developed further, I think, as it goes on, but this further complication on the image of the moon, uh, the waxing and waning and the idea that, um, you know, things like when the full moon, that's when she was truly happy and now it's fading away. But also this too is like a perception that we have about the moon and not the yeah. truth of the moon. Yeah. Um, the moon is still there. There's yeah. a, there's a like, um, the the end here has the, but even when the moon looks like it's waning, it's actually always there and never changing shape. Yeah. Don't ever forget that. This is extended um, later and, and resolved yeah. with that, like, consideration. Yeah. Um, and so there's also this, this idea of, like, you know, 
here, like the moon, feelings change easily. Uh, nothing sure, nothing lasts forever. But also there is a cyclical nature to things as well at times. Mm-hmm. Um, or like the fact that something is gone does not mean it can't come back around. Um, which in some ways becomes this like potential point of hope for future Hachi about everything. Um, so yeah. yeah. Uh, I think, uh, in, in addition to that, if we think about Hachi's perspective here, um, this is probably one of the more like unified moments of her, like articulating her understanding of Takumi, Mm -hmm. uh, like her full, like analysis of, of Takumi, um, and sort of developing it from this like partners in crime idea that we had earlier. Yeah. Um, you know, the accept he accepts me just as I am thing. Yeah. And that, so I was going to point to that. Um, you kind of anticipated me there. Um, because when we think about what about like, Takami and Hachi's relationship works or in to think in another way um what are like the actual sources of validation for Hachi in this relationship and I think this is really the key one that has always been there um this idea of like Takami seeing her and accepting her as she is um and so we get that again here um and now expanded out into this larger understanding of Takami as someone who like just sees things how they are and accepts things how they are. And yeah. here meaning specifically that things are like impermanent and changing, um, especially people's feelings, they change easily. Uh and so, you know, this is his like primary interpretive framework <laughs> for people in the world. Um, yeah. And, and this like realization in some ways that like, you know, this thing that she, she gets validation from and enjoys with talking about feeling seen by him is also tied to like this thing that she bulks against sometimes, which is like the way that he will prioritize uh, work or like objective things over the feelings that she is having or other people are having. Um, And understanding that this is like, both of those are part of the same thing with Takumi. Yes. Yeah. That he has this like internal consistency um, that his worldview is internally consistent. um, Even as, which I think you rightly point out that maybe there is something that an element of it, his, uh, his actions that per imperceptible or barely perceptible to, to him are not entirely that are more driven by emotion than like, than maybe he thinks. Um, but like beyond that, he has this like internally consistent worldview. Um, and I guess one thing to say um, here is it it is one thing to have uh, this viewpoint. Like, there is a consistency to this viewpoint. Um, But even if you even if your starting point is okay, yes, like, 
everything in this world is in flux <laughs> and impermanent. Um, and especially like human emotions are, are like particularly this house of cards um, that's always shifting. That the, in and of itself does not like necessarily mean that human emotions should not be valued. Yeah. Right. But like for Takami, it it does. Like so there's a decision to make, even if with even if you like start with this observation. Um you can still say, like, okay, yes, well maybe this is true, but I value something like higher than this, and I'm gonna like strive for that. Yeah. Um But instead what Takumi says is like okay, yes, like, this is how things are, and I accept it, and I don't, like, value anything higher. <laughs> uh, or, like, strive ever for things to be different. Um, like, I'm fine with, like, uh, like, there, there's no need for anything beyond this. Yeah. Um, and... And that's something for us to, I think a larger, like, thing to think about as far as, like, morality or ethics um, in the big picture of the manga. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I think that's, that's uh, the end of my thought. I feel like I had more, yeah. but... <laughs> Uh, um oh. also I, I guess i'll also call some attention to you i think like a moment like this is also a thing that um when there is the read of like takumi as being autistic or like you know on the spectrum in some way um there is a way that like some of this stuff can tie into that read of him um but of course we've already talked about the ways that like all of this can be true about a person like that someone really just tries to perceive the objective things about stuff or like not be too swayed about emotions understanding that they can change um and then can also still choose to not be abusive <laughs> yeah um like the the there's the uh, still that being autistic does not make someone inherently abusive uh or do abusive things so <laughs> yeah. that's also like still the core issue with that read um you know w with me i'm more like uh I don't know if indifferent is the right word, but like, uh, I, I don't have a strong feeling either way about like is or isn't talking to me like on the spectrum. Um, because also I think that like, there's obviously all of that stuff is as a spectrum anyway. Uh, there's ways that different people relate. All of them are just like different ways that people conceive of the world and communicate and things like that um which right. i think i mean there's like a whole humans yeah um and it's like separate from the question of abuse and rape and things like that so yeah <laughs> um yeah yeah i um, mean there's just like a lot of variation that is happening underneath the like yeah the class and, and i guess of, it, like autism yeah. and autism spectrum and, and I guess also I'm I'm less invested in the classifications of characters as certain things. Um, 
obviously I do my own like classifying, uh, especially Nana as someone with neglect trauma, um, in part because it's like so heavily brought up by the manga. Um, and also in part yeah. because it's a thing that resonates with me, but, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I think we have enough. We have a deep enough picture of like all of these characters to understand like who they are in their inner workings. Yeah. Um, and, and then if like a diagnosis follows after that, like, okay, so be it. But like, yeah, we, we have a greater, the, the amount understanding of, of the character is, yeah, is more important <laughs> than the diagnosis as well. Yeah. Like we, we already have like way more information about like what, who this character actually is and like how they work than yeah. we're going to gain by like adding the second part in my opinion yeah um oh i i think the other thing um takumi's acceptance of hachi like the acceptance she feels um is uh should re- remind us of the earlier scene with yasu and nobu um where it's like okay yeah, yeah this keeps coming back as like this is the reason a reason why what ta- the thing that Takumi did that Nobu didn't do, um, yeah. that is like still important. Um, um, and the manga itself is going to immediately remind us of this with Nobu about to go see Yuri, yeah. thinking, just trying to think about it. Nobu, why Hachi ended up choosing Takumi. Yep. Yeah. So the sequencing is yeah. like re- really leading us right to that for sure. Yeah. Um, and yeah. So initially, there's the like you know. Uh, I am happy that you came to see me. Like, I'm aware now <laughs> of this pattern. Please don't just, like, blow a bunch of money on me. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm aware that this is, like, uh, an issue for you. Uh, I am happy that you came to see me and, like, I miss you. Uh, that's, like, more important than you doing a big special thing. Uh, like, spending a lot of money <laughs> uh, on a hotel room. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, when, when, uh, he says, you know, Mew's coming to pick you uh, pick you up in the morning. Um, she becomes very angry. They're, like, about to have sex <laughs> when this happens. Yeah, not uh, very good timing to drop that bomb, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, specifically, um, so she's like, so why Mew? Are you hooking up with her? Uh, infidelity again. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, yep. And Nobu says, no, it's because I don't want any, or I don't know any other friends of yours, and also Mew, and it's like specifically gets slapped around Mew being called a friend of hers. Um, so. Yeah. So uh, Yuri's violence popping up again. Yeah. Um, Mew's just Shikai's pretty little, or little pet kitty. She's not my friend. Don't get up in my business when I didn't ask you to. Uh, so this sort of fight breaks up about or breaks out about this. Um, and, uh, you know, Nobu ends up talking a little bit uh, and sort of does this like what's going to be solved by you kicking me out of here. Like, you know, you should like, are you just going to break up and then still go back to work or like what? <laughs> What what what's your like actual plan here? Let's like mm-hmm. think about this somewhat more logically. Yeah, don't just um, like keep spiraling. Like we need to. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
and then does maybe the the biggest thing of and of course there's ways that he's still going to struggle with this but uh you know i can't fix this for you it really frustrates me that i can't do anything about this but i can be there and help yuriko saka do her best for the next six months after that i'll do my best to support you asami um so the shifting yeah the distinction that he's making now between yuriko saka and asami um yeah and that Yuriko Saka is going to end after six months. Um, and then after that, he'll be supporting Asami. Uh, um, his, which is yeah. potentially meaningful for her as she's trying to get out of this contract. Um, is also still a certain way of him like bifurcating this idea that he has around her and her sex work. Um so obviously Nobu still has things to work through, uh, but also specifically, I mean, we get the image of of him holding her hand. Um, so you know this thing that like didn't happen with Hachi uh, here. He sort of has this acceptance, says, you know, I'll do my best to support you like throughout all of this. Um, so Nobu learning a little bit, uh, even if I still think he's a little bit of a weenie. <laughs> Just my own personal perspective. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the key moment, um, so yeah, him being like, okay, I, I'm committed to you. I'm caring for you. And I realize like the best way to, the best thing for you is for you to like, see this contract through, even though it's like, I don't like you doing porn. So that in and of itself, like, okay, there's a selflessness there in a way of him, like putting aside his feelings about the her doing porn because it's the best thing for her. Um, and then a key moment, uh, cause we still don't hear much from Yuri. This is one thing I'll like point out. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we really, we hear a lot of people talking about Yuri. We don't hear much from Yuri. Um, and then, cause she's just like emotionally flooded here in this scene too. So she's not yeah. saying like, oh, this is my, this is what I'm thinking and all that. Um, and she says, um, so Nobu's like, just fulfill the contract. Don't just run away. You're making it harder than it has to be. Uh, and then she turns to him and says, so you really don't mind me working in the porn biz? And Nobu's like, that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. And she like immediately gets angry again and is like, that's it. Get out. Yeah. Um, and Nobu, perhaps a moment of growth, like not just walking away, um, but then grabs her, uh, kind of like meets her emotion, um, grabs her arm. She's like screaming, get out. And he's like, well, what's going to be solved? Insisting that he does like care. Um, and then they, they resolve it. Um, but what is she seeking when she says, so you really don't mind me working in the porn biz? Um, Mm -hmm. that's a question that is not resolved here. And Nobu, he gives this answer that, uh, he's probably not thinking very deeply about because he, he thinks he understands what's going on. Um, and he's going to preserve like, well, you know, I don't, I don't like it, but that doesn't matter. Like, this is the best thing for you, and like, yeah, it's not going to be a problem after six months. 
Um, yeah. But of course, Yasu, which we're going to get ring Yasu, <laughs> uh, was being like, it's still going to be a problem after six months, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, those tapes will still be out there. Uh, she needs like a boyfriend who's not going to be hung up on this. So. Yeah. You can't erase the past. <laughs> like, uh, and, and all of the ways that that, all of the different meanings that that has. Um, yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Even if Nana uh, gets out there and burns down all the <laughs> video stores with you, commits arson on tour, uh, people still bought the tapes. So yeah, there's still the internet. <laughs> yeah, uh, but so we will put a pin in that. <laughs> uh, and I think the final thing I'll note is like Nobu. The moment of growth for Nobu is like. So he's re- we see him reflecting on what Yasu has said, and then he's like trying to see. So he, he acknowledges the reality of Yuri's situation, and then like tries to see her for who she really is, and like okay, yeah, like you know, you're you're blowing your money, and like he's seeing all of these like negative quote unquote parts of her personality. And then, like, accepting them and accepting her um, and trying to do this, like, form of acceptance that he failed to do. Um, But is he, like, how much is he really truly seeing? Um, And so that's the last thing I'll say about about this this scene here. Uh, As I said, he's still a bit of a weenie. (laughs) Yeah. Even if he is growing. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, maybe it's not, like, the stuff we'll find out later that he's missing is, like, maybe he couldn't really know that in this moment. Um, but, like, still, the the irony of him not knowing is, like, telling us something about the character. Yeah. Um, we maybe jump to uh, Mio and Yasu actually having yep. breakfast. Yep. Um. So, you know, she comes to, to uh, get Yuri, uh, but first they have breakfast. Um, and so, one, there's this thing of, uh, you know, things seem out of order, like dessert suddenly came out first. Uh, maybe breakfast seems more like the end of a day rather than the beginning. The end of a long day for people who spent the night together. A new day begins after that. Um and of course, Mew also <laughs> on <laughs> Yasu's wavelength. Maybe people have coffee after an all nighter, <laughs> and Yasu being like, "Totally." <laughs> um, that's why it feels weird because nothing led up to it. But that's all right. <laughs> yeah, this um, like very dry kind of flirting that yeah they both seem to yeah. to share. Yeah, about like it's weird that we're having breakfast, but we didn't have sex first. <laughs> yeah, and um, we're just gonna yeah. like talk about this very dryly. <laughs> yeah. Um. But then, uh, so Nana shows up. Um, you know, has been drinking a lot. Uh, comes in need of a hangover here. Um. And then, uh, sees Mew here and immediately bounces. Um, slams. And the then door. I think, yeah. Um, and Mio's about to go and try to explain, uh, 
But then I think, uh, and even, like, calls attention to, like, you know, you're like a tranquilizer to Nana. You know, she's probably shocked about this. Um, but another, like, key moment here for Yasu um, is, uh, you know, one is, like, Nana's with Ren. Uh, but then here, I, I think the keyest line is, um, besides, I want to be able to eat breakfast with someone without worrying about Nana. Please mm-hmm. join me. Um, so again, this like specifically saying I'm like prizing you over Nana right now. Yeah. Yeah. She knows that she can't rely on me when Ren's with Nana. She doesn't get that crazy. So it's all right. So like the first one being an assumption. Yeah. The second one, uh, reflecting his, like maybe his motivations or his understanding of that. Like, okay, now that, like, I was taking care of Nana on Ren's behalf, while Ren, like, wasn't able to. And now the thing that, like, should have, like, the destined thing that should happen, Ren and Nana being together, has finally, like, happened. And so, like, my watch has ended. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And, like, that's completely resolved. um, Because, like, that's the right you know the the stars are aligned like that's what th- was destined and that's like the correct outcome um yeah. and now like my watch has ended and so i shouldn't have to like this i can put this like burden down yeah uh and like i i am like i'm fully intentionally doing this uh and now like i'm going to do these things that like i haven't been able to do yeah. um and, like, I want to be able to eat breakfast with someone without worrying about Nana. Like, and I'm going to do that now. Yeah. Um, because that all is, like, resolved. Um, and, like, yeah, maybe Nana's upset right now. But, like, it's, it's like, it's just going to, it's going to work out. Um, and then we also get Yasu. So she's like, but having dessert all of a sudden with me, what's the point? Uh, and he says, then let's have a drink together when I get back to Tokyo, which she immediately reads as, let's spend the night together. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, and, correctly. And again, in this like dry flirting that they're doing. Yeah. In conjunction um, with the, like w- the conversation that they've been having. Yeah. Um, and so then when she says, uh, Junmai Shusaki or bourbon, um, Yasu, you know, further along with what you were saying, this, uh, is it fate? Uh, you and I will get along just fine. Mm. Um, and then seeing, I don't know if this is the first time in the manga that this has been drawn this way. Um, but here, and then a couple of pages before we see his eyes, like through his glasses. Yeah. I feel like we normally don't see that. Um, oh yeah. yeah we, I, definitely not normally. I don't know if we've ever yeah. seen it before. Um, the, it will also happen in the flashback scene with Rayra, but I don't know if we've seen it at all before um, this volume. Yeah, I mean, at, at um, minimum, it's rare and therefore like notable and saying something. Yeah, that like, oh yeah, now his true feelings are like being revealed finally after this self-sacrificial mm. like. Th- concealment that he's been performing um 
And also perhaps this way that like Mew is able to see past the sunglasses in a way. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, we then get the crazy quail bourbon here. <laughs> um, and uh, Ren waking up and, and seeing Rayra asleep at the desk. Uh, and then we get more of this flashback. Uh, where Takami immediately is like, you shouldn't be drinking. Um, you know, being really controlling. Um, Rayra, you know, mad about this. Um, Don't and then get they end up going body. for Yeah. Um, and then they end up going for a walk. Uh, notably full moon here. Um, mm, yeah. So, Good catch. Yeah. Um, you know, the the time when like everything can be realized potentially. Yeah, the pure um, the purest, like true first love. Yeah. Um and so uh you know there there's this like general talk here between um Reira and Yasu. Um and, another all nighter for me. Yasu's yeah. all nighters. Uh and there's this like being this thing being called attention to with um you know Yasu wearing sunglasses it's night <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wearing it's sunglasses <laughs> um and then he does this like slightly corny uh you know he's in high school I'll, I'll forgive him he's not quite as good at flirting um but it's like well you know when you can't see like your other senses are stronger here close your eyes you'll see and then goes to kiss her uh takes off his sunglasses to do it by the way yeah um, yeah, and even as this line is definitely like the Courtney high schooler, like romantic, saying the stage. Um, yeah, I I think it's also an important. Um, it becomes like important thematically. Um, yeah, with the the like the trope of seeing um, mm-hmm. in this volume, uh, like seeing and not seeing. Yeah. Um. As often, Yuzawa I can do something meaningful while also having something be kind of corny. <laughs> yeah, and like and humorous. Yeah. Yeah. Just having all of the different like registers of the, yeah. um, the idea, like the feeling, um, at play. Um, and then we get the the closing out here. Uh, hey Nana, people's feelings change easily. What you see is a house of cards. Nothing, sh- uh, nothing sure, and nothing lasts forever. Um, but even when the moon looks like it's waning, it's actually always there, never changing shape. Don't ever forget that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, we have the full moon here in the, the flashback. Um, so uh, we talked before about how this sort of continues off the um, thought that she was having earlier about Takumi. Uh, this being from the future suggests there's like a way that she's internalized that idea from Takumi. Um, but of course has now turned it towards like the moon as this happiness, this like, uh, true love, this thing that was lost. Um, you know? Yeah. And this, this is the part that talking me misses. Yeah. Like I, th- um, that's in one line, like this is the, the, what is like revealed in this um, addendum. Yeah. Like it's the exact same like train of thought. And then this final panel, like, yeah, 
even when it looks like it's waning, it's always there in ever-changing shape. Don't ever forget that. Like, this is what Takumi's missing. Yeah. Um, and of course, also this, like, recognition from the future of, one, like, this love that, that Nana and Hachi had was always there, was always, like, in some way real. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, then also the, this way of, like, you know, the the feelings and stuff may, may change and shift around, but there are still, like, things that are true uh, that could be, like, fact or something that's also in this, like, more realm of emotion or love or romance. Um, yeah. So. Um, yeah, that there's some sort of, like, some things are continuous even in, like, the impermanence. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh and then we have these ending panels of uh Yasu and Nana. Um as Nana gets on the train. Yeah, as Nana leaves. Um and then of course like this is subtly linking to Yasu leaving Reira. Or Re- Reira leaving Yasu, but like the dynamic is kind of of <laughs> Yasu leaving Reira. Yeah. Um so these various instances of like people leaving one another. Um yeah. underscoring the uh the the points being made. Um and of course also as I mentioned, uh Takumi saying he's cooler than Kurt Cobain. <laughs> and Ray Rubin like what? <laughs> yeah, how? <laughs> um so chapter fifty three. Yep. Um, we start on uh, omelet here with a, a cute face and heart drawn in ketchup. <laughs> um, Sunday, November 11th. Takumi and I, who couldn't get married, ate breakfast facing each other, laughing that we were playing make-believe newlyweds. I didn't think it was so bad. Um, and then we get here Ren with the guitar. Uh, young Ren, it seems mm-hmm. like. Um, also kind of looks like uh Shin. Kind of looks like Shin and also kind of looks like the child Ren, who we'll get later with the spiked hair mm. and the guitar. Yeah. Um so um we then get uh Nana here going to uh Gin for um the hangover medicine. Right um, after the encounter with yeah. Yasu and Mia. Yeah. Um and, uh, you know, here are the most explicit, like, call to, you've been drinking a lot, Nana. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, coping perhaps poorly, um, with the various trauma stuff that she's healing. Um, but uh, then and then in this full com- speed ahead. Yeah. Yeah. On the marriage now. Yeah. Immediately after seeing Yasu and Mew, uh, is like. Yeah, all right. Get the, you know, get the address so that we can register our marriage right away. Um, and, you know, uh, Yasu asking, sure, but why have a, or not Yasu, uh, Ginpei asking here, sure, but why all of a sudden did something happen with you and Ren? Uh, we can't even see each other. What could happen? Uh, we, of course, know something happened with her and Yasu. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we get a little bit more here from um, 
Hachi as well about the like the little things that make her happy. Drawing the faces on the omelet is like a kind of stupid thing, but it makes it more fun. Um, so yeah. there's still like a way that they aren't seeing eye day eye about certain things. Um, but there's a kind of like domestic equilibrium, yeah, forming. Hachi's like regaining. This is her like initiative to that we saw last volume, where it's like, okay, well, I'm gonna. I'm going to establish my happiness in this relationship and like make it work. Um, And so she's continuing on doing this. Um, Yeah. And we also have like Takumi can never decide what tie to wear. So I always pick it out for him. It makes me feel like I'm part of his work day and a little less lonely. And I felt like it didn't matter whether we got officially married or not. Um, So of course, expressing this, uh, a thing that like, Nana has sort of been feeling, and now she's going full speed ahead on the marriage. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and Nana's comment about um, a, f- a few pages ago, uh, I have to come clean and do things right, at least more so than before. Yeah. Um, so her also, in a way, having the same view that Ren and Yasu and everyone else, literally everyone else, <laughs> has about her and Ren. Which is like, oh yeah, this is this is this like destined, this is the right thing. Um, they're like made for one another and all of that. Um, and Nana like following this too, but with clearly more like inner turmoil and increasing detachment from that. And also, in some ways, I have to come clean and do things right, at least more so than before. Is like. I need to, like, commit to not dragging Yasu along. Yes. Um, I need to, like, do things properly here and not <laughs> uh, sort of constantly be in this state of, uh, back and like, forth. non-committance. Yeah, and back yeah. and forth. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we have, I, I love to use these two panels of Nana smoking and then shouting, uh, I'm totally fine. Uh, if you like flip the the pages in the physical copy, you're like literally in the same spot. <laughs> uh, one slightly larger, but um. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, she's specifically sort of so. Uh, basically, there's like the the couples, right? <laughs> there's Yasu and Mew. Um, there's uh Nobu and Yuri here. Um, the new couples. Uh, yeah, the new further- couples. Uh, underscoring the the dynamic of like new relationships, old relationships. Um, there's also this uh extra like humorous little nod with um the 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 married woman next door. Apparently, Kotone is maybe the married woman. <laughs> uh, which again, the married woman next door is written by Yazawai. Uh, and then uh, apparently Kotone is a lot like Yuri. Who, of course, is a lot like Hachi. Yeah, and looks like her, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, I th- I thought that was just, like, another funny little bit in here. Um, but yeah, uh, we get... Uh, if I can... I want to point one, one line out. Uh, that seems like kind of a throwaway, like, comedy line. Um, this is Nobu and Yuri eating. Uh... You're not coming back to Tokyo till this is Yuri. 
you're not coming back to Tokyo till the 18th. That's still a week away. How am I going to make it? I'll email you every day, so you better write back. Thanks to you, my cell phone's working again. The power of love? Question mark. No, boo. It wasn't broken. You have to turn it on to make it work. Uh, seems like a throwaway line, but uh, very meaningful, actually, when th- uh, in relation to the um, all of the things tied up with like the cell phone theme. Yeah. Uh, where like no, it well, okay, perhaps it's not uh this viewpoint that Nana has that the cell phones themselves drive people apart. Um perhaps you just have to turn it on to make it work. <laughs> uh like it's not going to work for you if you don't like turn it on, i.e. uh use it with intention <laughs> and like yeah. put the intention of like uh um engaging with someone and like achieving that closeness uh like that's what you have to do um so and maybe like that's a thing that that Nana is missing um for some yeah. reason so anyway um yeah, there's also this moment then where um, Yasu asks Nana if she's all right, and she snaps, why? I don't care who you hook up with. Um, and Yasu says, actually, I was asking about your hangover. I'm totally <laughs> fine. And then he's just uh, got this grin of like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got you. <laughs> um, Characteristic of their, like, it, their yeah. interplay. Uh, where they're trying to like draw each other out and uh, yeah yeah um, we also get uh, the bit here of Reira and Ren flying back then um, so <laughs> yet another perhaps new couple <laughs> maybe yeah yeah um, or a uh, new relationship at minimum yeah yeah um, I mean, there's ways that it sort of has developed previously, but this also feels like a significant, uh, development. Yeah, the fact that we learned that, that here, that there is more history to the relationship. Um, yeah. Uh, and then, uh, one thing that I, I marked here too is, um, yeah, so there's the, you know, I remember it all too well. It's the only time in my life I didn't get the girl. Herrera says, what? Well, Yasu <laughs> always stood back and let me have whatever I wanted ever since we were kids. But he wouldn't let me have you. Uh, and it's the only time that's happened. Of course, this has been the, the dynamic with, uh, you know, Yasu and Ryan and Nana. Um, mm-hmm. But in the in another way. You know, the other direction. So... Um, you know, something significant then with Yasu there. Uh, yeah. And Reira. Uh, yeah. And then I ran going on to say, obviously he was so in love with you and now I understand finally. Um, and then Reira says, you and I are bandmates and friends, right? <laughs> um, sort of a, like reminder of, you know, what's the relationship that we're supposed to have right now? Yeah. Um, 
I gave up everything that was important to me, moved to Tokyo, and put my life on Trapnest. Um, this trip yeah. reminded me of that. We have to keep our eyes on the prize. Yeah, this is a really... This whole volume is so good. Yeah. I mean, it's so tightly... Like, everything is just so... Richly... Uh, like, layered. And everything is so tightly connected. Um, and this scene is also just really masterful as far as like both of these characters, um, the trajectory of like the trip that they just took and the, uh, like huge significance of that trip for both of them. Uh, and then that like being realized here where Rayra has this kind of like surprising and sudden uh revelation of like oh what this trip reminded me of like what i'm taking forward now from remembering the past is like that i bit my life on this and we shouldn't like that we should not try to resuscitate because Ren is like, oh, you know, I liked you back then, basically. Um, and like, there's, oh, we could have had this romantic relationship instead. Um, and kind of implying like, well, maybe uh, those those feelings are still there. Um, and then Rayra, like, from the same uh, type of consideration... And namely, like, remembering, oh, what was important to me, like, in the past? What were these decisions that I made? Um, coming to the opposite conclusion <laughs> of, like, no, we shouldn't change what our relationship is. Uh, because, like, there's these, this greater, uh, this greater goal um, that's, like, more important. Um, so, yeah, I, like... I mean, I don't know how much I'm I've, I'm adding here to this scene, but like, it's just a really, um, really, really good <laughs> scene. Yeah. Um, and then we finish out uh, in this like moment of suggested potential infidelity. Uh, we then also have that night Takumi didn't come home because of work. He said he has no intention of giving up his Akasaka apartment. But then I can't let go of apartment 707 either. So I guess in that way we're on the same page. Uh, so again, another thing that's like drawing a certain uh, idea of infidelity between like here there's the two apartments that they won't let go of. Um, mm -hmm. And so Takumi engaging in like this actual <laughs> cheating infidelity. Um, but there is also this way that like Nana or Hachi is also holding out for Nana in a way, um, is also like keeping that escape route. Um, and sees her relationship with Nana as a thing that is similar to <laughs> Takumi's sexual infidelity with, uh, yeah. other women. Um, we then get, uh, the meet, like meet up here between, uh, Misato 
uh, Misato being Armisato, my... I decided Armisato and Real Misato is the okay. way to say it. All right, that's our new yeah. schema now. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, you know, this is Armisato. We've known her all along. Right, you know? yes. Misato uh, and in we, our hearts. We, we like the other Misato, too. She's great. But she you know, is the she's real the, one. And yeah, she has the <laughs> she gets to have the like nomenclature of real, right? Yeah. Um so um but uh so yeah, Armisato here. Uh and there's this like very specific calling attention um to the way that like much of Nana's like there's this thing that, that Hachi is going to say towards the end of this of like um, where is it? Cause, cause one of the things that, um, Misato did was cut off her curls. She thought that the, the, um, you know, company would have issues with that. Turns out that they, they probably wouldn't have. Uh, but so now she has this like short black hair, um, more similar to Nana's, uh, not exactly the same. It's like, you know, straighter with like a, a sharp, um, bangs Sharp here. bangs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but there's a specific, uh, thing where, um, yeah, in a little bit, um, so Hachi says, uh, sporting the same outfits as Nana, even wearing the same shoes, Misato was making her dreams come true. Um, and so there's like this calling attention to like, she has on the same outfit as, uh, Nana here. Like they're literally wearing the same jacket. Uh, in these scenes, um, they have the same like Vivian Westwood heart jacket. Um, but of course that jacket was given to Nana by Misato. There's like actually a way that, that Misato has like modeled Nana off of herself. Mm. Um, that's happening in this and is like being called attention to. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know if there's like too much else in the the like meeting that they have. Um, no, I mean Misato's home life starts to get revealed. Yeah, uh, I don't think it's anything. Uh, it, there's it's not like a bombshell, really. Um, yeah, it's not like Shin's home life here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, but we we do learn that things with her parents like probably weren't great. Um, that they kind of, they didn't like quite kick her out. Um, but they're like embarrassed that she'd have to repeat a year of school. And so they just told her to quit school. Um, and like, fine. Uh, yeah. And, um, and then are like letting her. She's like unsupervised to the degree that she can do all of this stuff. Uh, yeah. So we we learn kind of, we kind of learn all that. Um. Other than that, uh, yeah. No, no, like bombshells through, um, in the section that we kind of skipped over. Yeah. There is also this way that Hachi uh, will sometimes say the line that's like we're aware of other things, and so it's a little bit irony, and it's a little bit. Uh, Hachi continuing to be like slightly naive. Uh in this case it's more just the irony part, but there's the part where uh Hachi's like, it's because you're much more mature than the average grown-up. Um and of course there's like the implications of the things that Shikai does. So mm-hmm. um 
So, uh, also made a little bit of a note of that. But yeah, we immediately then get, um, you know, Nana in the jacket, like having a, a meeting, <laughs> business meeting. Um, and then, uh, learning, you know, her official, her legal domicile, um, which, you know, don't worry, I can remember my grandma's address, uh, is her response. Yeah. And here's this other, like, source of fixity, uh, um, yeah. the legal address. We talked about that as, uh, back when it first popped up in, um, a couple, volume or two ago. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, that being another tied in with that, this tension. And of course, like humorously, they learn that they have a new personal assistant, uh, Suzuki Mai, um, and are like, oh, you know, I heard she's cute. Like not knowing at all that this is Misato. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh yeah, Hachi we, we've been telling Misato, Misato seemingly not knowing that Hachi is like with Takumi. Yeah. And um, Hachi, like, withholding that. Um, and this little exchange here where Hachi's like, oh, he's high mate. My uh, fiance is high maintenance, so I won't be able to have you over much. But let's go shopping and out to eat together sometime. And then thinking to herself, when I say that, no one asks me more questions. I was starting to learn how to deal with people. Not that I don't trust Misato. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and then the, the train of thought kind of ends. Um, curiously. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there is this like a little bit of her previously having this fear of like not fitting in with the world of celebrities. But now she's like starting to get a sense of, of how to d- at least do some of it. Um, you know, at least to do the like the cover the <laughs> not reveal yeah um, and that being a thing that is like creating distance um between her and others yeah um and so then we get this moment where she's in room 707 uh, and thinks uh because i was left behind in the end it was just me but even though i can't rock the heels i love and blast and i grow further apart I have something of my own to cherish. I don't need to be jealous of others. What other people consider precious is different for everybody. Um, which then goes into delivering um, the, you know, we get the search ambushing them um, here with the, the photos. Yep. Um, specifically Nana here. Um, and, so obviously there's the part where, uh, so they specifically are like, what's taking you and Ren so long getting married and you don't even have a place together. Isn't that kind of weird specifically to try and prompt her into confirming that they're not married yet. Um, so they don't actually like know this for sure yet. Um, but yeah, then, she um, does. yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, they also give uh, Nana this quote-unquote engagement present. Um, we get a, a little view here um, of, so like, search, the the higher-ups in search, 
uh, want uh, them to like actually call up um, and the confirm agency. with the yeah the agencies and confirm. Um, and so we get this like brief moment of Takumi returning home and then immediately getting the phone call, uh, being like, <laughs> you got to get right over here. Yeah. N- Narita yeah. is like panicked. Yeah. 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 So like, sorry, got to go. No. Um, yeah. And then this like, well, we, we know why, th- what this call is about. Um, but this call being the thing that like. So we talked a minute ago about um, this burgeoning, like, domestic equilibrium and this, like, happiness that seems to be a possibility. Um, well, you know, ha- happiness and, <laughs> again, <laughs> perhaps debatable. <laughs> um, yeah. But, like, you know, th- this is where the manga is leading us, that, like, Hachi's building this and the Takumi-Hachi, like, relationship is reaching this equilibrium um represented perfectly by him returning home like welcome home honey i'm home like both of them happily (laughs) greeting one another in the house and going in for the kiss and then the ring of the phone uh literally stopping the kiss um and like uh splitting them apart uh and like cutting a rift in this um symbolically in this like uh domestic equilibrium is what what i'll call it yeah um and then we got uh the packages from from search uh search knows just what yasu likes june my shoe <laughs> um yeah yeah uh, but then there's also this this bit where Nana jokes uh, about the the package that she got, uh, the engagement gift, uh, if it's a bomb. Uh, and so then Yasu's going to open it, and we get this. Uh, oh, so are you saying you die for me? What would little Mew think about that? Um, yeah. But, so now uh, getting to a. Uh, there's still like. It, Nana and Yasu like back to where uh back to their usual rapport seemingly yeah um, and then yasu um, having this kind of like relief and it, like um amusement silently at yas at nana's comment but like perhaps him feeling like a certain validation of like oh yeah her seeing me with Mew, like, it's not the, it's going to work out. It's going to be okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, see, and she's already like over it. Um, <laughs> we can joke about it now. Like, it's just as I thought, like, she's, it, it's going to be fine. Um, but there's also perhaps like a way in which he's not like firing back or doing those sorts of things. Um, like the, he sort of just has this reaction to it. Uh, so then we see Nana's sort of like sad look mm, in response yeah. to this, um, like sort of a recognition that something has actually changed in some way. Yeah. Um, and then she specifically tries to scare him by, as he opens it, shouting pow, <laughs> uh, which God damn it. You're what's scary around here. Uh, another one of those, like, you know, <laughs> slightly poignant lines. Um, yeah. and then her like, 
Yeah, to continue following this, like, she's laughing, and then we have the shot of her, like, uh, happy and, like, um, you know, amused by this, like, that she's bringing back. Even if, like, there's the fear that something has shifted, like, she can bring this back and, like, have the rapport that they used to have. Yeah. Uh, but then sees the, the photo, um, which it seems like there's multiple, but the, the one on top specifically, um, there's the most or I incriminating. Guess, I guess maybe, one. yeah, I guess maybe the other photos are the ones that, um, Takami is looking at. So maybe they did just frame this one and send her the, this most incriminating one where, uh, it's when like Ren was lifting Rayra up to help her onto the, the wave breaker, but especially this framing just sort of looks like they are embracing. Um, and, uh, you know, Yasu immediately covering up her eyes. Um, and we get sort of her crying, um, and just like falling over, um, like limp into his arms. Um, and then, uh, you know, over the, the shot of sort of, we just see the, the bottom of her face under Yasu's arm, um, as she's crying, we get the, Hey Nana from, from Hachi here. Uh, we then see more of the photos that Takami is looking at and we see like Narita and Takami looking at them on the, the computer. Um, is there anything that remains precious in your heart? You left your red love jacket behind your sex pistols, records, your vintage guitar, everything. And where are you now? Um, so of course, you know, more about the future state of things, Nana being missing. Um, yeah. And this like leaving behind of everything that she had. Um, and in relation to the scene of the photo, um, so I mentioned the, the theme of seeing, um, so we have the photo, we have the wide shot of Nana's eyes, which is the, one of the classic, uh, uh, pattern shots of the manga. Um, this like wide shot of Nana's eyes reacting to something, usually something horrible. Um, and then, um, that like just shattered, uh, the silence of like her just being completely, um, like destroyed by this. Uh, and then Yasu noticing too. But anyway, like point I'm trying to make Nana seeing the photo is, uh, drawn to our attention very distinctly, um, with the close up of her eyes. And then Yasu covering her eyes. Um, so again, more seeing and not seeing. Um, and then I will just repeat uh, the the corny high schooler line that we got, but that takes on new meaning here. Sometimes you see better when you don't see. Yeah. Uh, so the deception of the photo, um, Nana seeing. Uh, it's it's going to, to have consequences, obviously. Yeah. Uh, um, and of course there's like, you know, th- this photo is of a moment of Ren talking about like getting married to Nana and his fears about things. Um, and his like fears about hurting Nana. Um, and so like the photo is 
looks incrimin- more incriminating than the actual moment was. Uh, but also there's the, the talk on the plane, the suggestion that this could be something else. Uh, and Rayra in particular being the one that sort of shuts it down. Um, mm-hmm. so, um, you know, yeah, the mixture of like truth and untruth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like the weaponizing of that, um, by the paparazzi, which we talked before that in this manga, I mean, arguably in the real world as well. Um, but especially in the manga, the paparazzi represent this like weaponization of information. Um, and this like total and utter lack of humanity. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, uh, and of course, Takumi being one of the, the ones who like, has most of the understanding of the paparazzi and thus also the, the best ability to like take care of that stuff. But yeah, know, he, to like him having this it. awareness of like the truth doesn't matter what it looks like when it comes to the paparazzi is what matters. Um, yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So, uh, so uh, yeah, quite, uh, quite an ending, um, of this volume. Uh, Another just gut punch, <laughs> uh, which um, Ayazawa throws them so well. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's it for, for this volume. Yeah. Uh, next time we'll be back with all of volume 15. That's chapters 54 through 57. If you have emails for us, for example, about, uh, say, flower symbolism and what flowers it is on that one image, <laughs> uh, you can send them to ghostoverspod at gmail.com. Um, go to exportaud.io. That's export audio with a period before the IO. Uh, that will take you to the Patreon. Um, do you consider supporting the network if you enjoy this podcast, um, especially if you enjoy other podcasts that we do or the people on the network do uh one dollar you know provides you with a feed of of a lot of the podcasts on the network uh all in one place a number of them you get a week early before public feeds um i still don't think there's a way that we can do week early connor but at some point i might try and get uh all of ghost divers on there somehow um i'll have to like look in to see if i can if i can properly backdate stuff um so I don't know. Um, I also don't know if it'd be annoying to people in that feed if suddenly all of the ghost diver stuff showed up. So, uh, I, I still have to think about it and work through it and it, it will take time. Um, but that's also a possibility. Uh, but yeah, I recommend supporting the network. Uh, you can also listen to our other podcasts, pondering Puton, um, and ornate stairwells. There are links to them on the Patreon if you just want to go find the free feed. Uh, but both of those are podcasts that are a week early for patrons, uh, for $1 patrons. Um, you and I, Connor, we do Pondering Bhutan with Ajishiro Taro and Hachimitsu Boy. We are reading through Cromartie High School at the same rate. It was published in the weekly magazine. Um, and, you know, it's a fun podcast. If people enjoy the parts where we're kind of veering off topic, um, especially the like post ED section when we like really go long and just talk about some random shit. That's the vibe of Puton. Puton was specifically an attempt for us to have a place to do that regularly. Um, and not have it consistently be the post ED section. 
Um, so, yep. um, it's working out yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ornate stairwells is a movie podcast. Um, so it's me and my friend autumn. Um, we have a lot of fun. Uh, and it's full of tangents. So, uh, I still recommend, I think, you know, that episode where you joined us for Barry Lyndon was a really great episode. So I recommend people check that out. Yeah, it was um, really fun. Yeah. Um, and then I also do a podcast on another network, the Abnormal Mapping ne- Network. So if you go to abnormalmapping.com slash longfire, that will take you to Around the Longfire, a podcast where me and my friend M are reading through. Uh, we, we've we decided to just call everything a saga, even though like Nibelung and Lead isn't a saga. <laughs> uh, we're just like, it's all sagas. It's the saga for the week. <laughs> um but yeah, it. we started with Icelandic sagas. Uh, we're v- getting very close to being done with the Nibelungen lead. Um, and then we're going to read uh, Beowulf, specifically the new translation by um, Heedley. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, if people don't know, it's like in a very, uh, you know, there, there's lo- lots of ways that she has tried to like update it to sort of modern language. So one of the the famous things about it is the first line gets translated as bro uh exclamation point so um we're looking forward to that it's the one that like excited m and i the most as two people who've read beowulf a number of times um because we just haven't read that one and it seems fun um and uh we're gonna do some arthuriana after that so uh, and then after that, we might do some Irish myth uh, before we go back to Icelandic sagas and the like, um, or we might save Irish myth for later. But um, I will also say here, uh, if you like this podcast, especially if you've been listening to the Nana podcast for, for this long, you're 13 episodes in, uh, you must like this podcast to some degree. Um, one, spread us through word of mouth like we don't pay for advertising. So tell your friends tweet about it um especially if you have somebody who you, you think would be into anime like you can recommend previous seasons that we've done that would be about a show that they care about uh especially if they're into nana let them know we're we're doing a lot of nana coverage right now <laughs> uh going yeah, page depth. by page <laughs> yeah. um we literally do just flip through every single page on the podcast so yeah uh we don't necessarily talk about every single one but we are looking at every single one while we do it so <laughs> um and then also, uh, for some reason, Apple Podcasts is the only one that matters. But if you have a way to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, uh, please give us five stars. Give us a good review. Um, you know, that that goes a, a long way for, like, spreading awareness. Um, so that would be great. Uh, if you think that this show is not five stars, then keep that to yourself and and you know don't don't rate it lower than five stars <laughs> it's not don't do that especially to like a small podcast you know yeah rate us an email yeah, yeah you can write us an email and, good and tell us that. but uh so send that to ghostaverspot at gmail.com um but you know go rate like uh some massive you know NPR podcast, four stars or three stars or whatever. If you think it's not five stars, they can take it. We're small. Don't do that to us. You know, if you don't like it, you don't just don't listen. 
Um, I don't know that how is, you'd that be, is always an option. <laughs> I don't know how you'd be on episode thirteen of this uh, and not like it and still be listening. But <laughs> yeah, um, if, if you like, yeah, yeah. I, if you have listened to all thirteen episodes of our Nana coverage and you think that. And you also think that it's anything less than five stars, but you still listened all the way through. I'm just interested in you. <laughs> like, I just want to talk yeah. to you. I don't even, like, I, I'm not especially, even mad. <laughs> especially if you think it's, like, three stars. Like, you're not yeah. even hate listening, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, you can follow this podcast at Ghost Divers Pod on Twitter or just at Ghost Divers on co-host. Uh, I am very bad at using co-host, but I do tweet out. Uh, so one thing in particular, um, I don't know if I've actually mentioned this on the podcast. When I tweet on GhostDiversPod at gmail.com, um, and it, like while I'm going through, because I have all these little uh, post-it note like flags in the book to like help me find specific panels while we're going through. Um, or like pages that I think are particularly notable. So like there's that one with the, the paneling around the conversation with, uh, Nana, Shin and Ginpei. Um, I will, as I'm going, try to keep track of like four pages or spreads that I want to include in that tweet. Um, that are ones that we like particularly talked about, uh, in some way where I think being able to see it would be helpful. Um, and so I include those in that tweet. So there'll they'll be four pages or spreads that we talk about uh, for each tweet. So if you aren't on Twitter, uh, you still might want to just like even go to that account and check out the, the actual pages if you don't like easily have them on hand yourself. Um, so. Um, yeah. And you can follow me at Foxmom on uh, Twitter. We can people follow you, Connor. Y'all can follow me at Rabelais, R-A-B-B-L-E-A-I-S, on Twitter and co-host. Did I just say Foxmom or Foxmom Nia? Because it's Foxmom Nia. Yeah, you, you just said Foxmom. Yeah. Twitter won't I, give I me just I thought about correcting Foxmom. you. Yeah. Yeah. I thought about correcting you, but then I was like, shit, I don't know. I haven't checked Twitter. Yeah. Maybe, you um, <laughs> maybe you changed your handle. I thought you checked Twitter all the time. No. Nana <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hachi is real. Nanahachi is real.
Time dot is, yeah. Oh, we. I mean, it's a little bit a ways away, but we could do seven oh seven. Oh yeah, let's do it then. Yeah, can't pass that up. Um. Yeah. Uh, we'll do the full. We'll do the full drink check, but um, I feel like it's it's vibes for strawberry glass right now, and this is not a strawberry glass volume. Yeah, no. Yeah. Definitely not. Um, here we go. Okay, here it comes. All right. A little more of a wait than we normally do, but I felt like we, we had to try for it. Yeah, you got to hit the 707 when we can. Yeah. Um. I Not because it's particularly relevant to this... Uh, chapter, but I did do the uh, Perrier um, lime drink. Uh, mostly just because I wanted to have it. You know? I just yeah, wanted to enjoy it. Yeah, you just it. wanted it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the thematic drink um, is I do just have bourbon on the rocks. Obviously. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
That's. I the, feel like uh, my mic the... is way too hot, so I'm going to turn it down a little bit. Um, sorry for the audio being really loud before this moment. Oh, yeah. Hold on. Let me, I don't let me know why I was my, doing that. My volume yeah. Yeah. I think, um, yeah. I think I'm good. I'll just, I'll try to like normalize the stuff before that. Here, let me make a mark. Um, so that it's not just blasting people's ears out, but yeah, I'm like, sure do that fine. separately or something. It probably wasn't, yeah. wasn't quite that bad. Um, I don't yeah, know the, why it's doing the thing where it drifts it a little bit though. It should not be doing that, but yeah, we're getting off to a little rocky start here. Yeah. <laughs> With the bourbon on the rocks and our, <laughs> uh, technical and, uh, preparatory difficulties yeah uh well no, no problem though yeah um there's like a little bit of the the laggy on i don't know if it's my end or your end but i've been watching for mine to dip but i feel like i've had a few moments of like just like a smidge where i can just like tell that it hung like hangs for a second you know mm-hmm. Um, and then does the speed up, but it's been like pretty short, so it'll be fine. Yeah, mine Famous is. Last words. I mean, mine's been showing like full full bars green the entire time. Yeah, I've been watching it ever since you said the robot thing. Okay, so yeah, but it might be mine, but mine has been when I've been looking at it has been green. Anyway. Yeah, that's my drink check though. I have water, <laughs> I have the Perrier with with lemon juice, okay. um, and I have whiskey on the rocks. I think I poured a little bit too much whiskey, okay. but well, we'll see. <laughs> I'm Wait, whiskey or bourbon? I'm enjoying it. Bourbon specifically. Yeah, got to got to make sure to make that distinction. Because uh, Yasu doesn't like drinking whiskey; he likes drinking bourbon. Yeah, that's true. Or he may like whiskey, for all we know. But, yeah, but not as not an, as much as bourbon, which he specifically names. Great. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Yasu enjoys other whiskeys, but does seem to have a preference for bourbon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I also <laughs> i I can't say i I planned my drink check as well as I uh, was hoping. Um, but I also, and I also drink it already. Um, also in addition to that, before I do my drink check, um, my dog is here. She's in the room with me. Um, yeah, I can, I can hear the like little whimpers. Yeah. I might need to, I might need to put her out really quick because, um, I thought she was going to be quiet, but as soon as I started talking, she's like, oh, there's another person here. Where are they? Um, and now she's like wanting to know. So um, anyway, so I had like Hello. the black tea that I've been. Yeah, she can't hear you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and even if she could, I don't think it would help. Um, I had the black tea that I'm like normally been drinking. And then I was like, oh, the bourbon theme. Uh, so I put in some maple syrup, which is like tangentially related to bourbon. I feel like <laughs> flavor combination. That's often. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like approaching it and I put in six drops. 
uh, six drops symbolizing the six months on Yuri's contract that she still has to work. Okay. Um, and then, but I also, I drink it already. So it's just hitting me right now. Um, so in a way it's good timing. Cause now I'm like fully caffeinated. Um, yeah. Also, I think the reason why she's whimpering is because it, it just started raining harder, like audibly in here. Oh uh, yeah. And she's not, she's not a rain dog. She's not a Tom Waits. Um, <laughs> She she doesn't like it, especially if it starts yeah. like thundering, which uh, that's obviously a common thing for dogs. But yeah, um, so now she's moved. I made a very nice bed for her out of like our best blanket, <laughs> and she was on that, and now she's just like fully under the desk by my feet. Um, so we'll we'll see how this goes. If she's yeah. like. When she's sleeping, she kind of does like a little honk shoe kind of sound. Yeah. Um, and she just like honks when she's moving around as well because uh, she has. The theory is that she's like a little overweight, like one or two pounds, but she's like a 11, 10 pound dog. So that's like significant. And apparently, Chihuahuas, our vet told us, they carry a lot of weight in their soft palate. And so yeah. then if they like get a little a little overweight, then they can start like making They'll, honk, they'll honk you. Yeah. Yeah. So she does that. Um, yeah. No me, 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 me's here. No, 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 no. She doesn't do that. Um, when she's in like really deep sleep, she does a little like a higher register sound. Yeah. Like really like dreaming deep sleep. Um, she does very, very little like punctuated squeaks. Um, and that, that's pretty cute, but yeah, mostly just the honking. Uh, um, so yeah, there's really nothing we can do. I've, I've bought like enclosed, um, little like mini, house enclosed um beds and stuff for her she doesn't really yeah. like those um she does like being under the covers but not when not alone <laughs> yeah uh, like only when another person is in the bed also under the covers um yeah so she she has a lot of requirements uh but the reason she's in here with me is because Sarah's like hanging out with her friend right now um, and so, yeah, normally I just like close the door. I do what you do with your cats. Um, yeah. and then she'll like squeak for a while and then eventually just like, I mean, she, her like bed bed is literally right outside the door of this room. So it's not like she's far away. Um, yeah. but she'll squeak a little bit and then eventually like give up, um, and be quiet <laughs> until I'm done. Uh, and this time I'm like, oh, well, Sarah's not here. I want to be nice and let her in. And it's raining, mm. blah, blah, blah. But we'll yeah. see. It, she might she might get checked out. Um, she's also, cru- she's, she's a- cruising for it right now. 
Also, I know that you're not online, so I'll also explain the the joke reference I was making with the honk shoe and the me, 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 me. Um, it was just, there's a tweet that is, uh, Columbo's for people who sleep like honk shoe, honk shoe, but Poirot is for people who sleep like snork, me, 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 me. Okay. Got it. Yeah. I just, I, I knew the, like, yeah, you yeah. you knew the vibe still. Yeah, I knew the, the tweet vibe. works because you know the vibes already. Yeah, I mean and I've seen cartoons connecting before. those to Columbo and Poirot. Yeah. I've seen Tom and Jerry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, and I actually need to like get her to to, to remove her. So give me one second. <laughs> okay, yeah. This is like noise happening. Come on, Dave. Let's go. Come on. I mean, we're not going anywhere. You're going somewhere. I'm not. I'm sorry for getting the dog kicked off the podcast. To everyone listening. Okay, she's on her own now. Okay. She'll be fine. She's um, every other Saturday. She's used to it. Yeah. Alright. Uh yeah, so that's my drink check and dog status check. Yeah. Um sh- should we get into the podcast? Yes. Do you, do you have yes, anything else? Okay. No. <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs>